it's like trimmers with cars. Yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sendcast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Booyah! Mm-hmm. A little yeah. cyborg. Yeah, a little cyborg. Ah! <laughs> That's right. And uh, from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Yo. Right. It's a weird he does the cyborg thing after we did this Nostalgia Critic Justice League thing. Yeah. yeah. Hey, maybe I was doing the Stuart Scott thing, huh? Oh, could be the Stuart Scott thing. He's relevant these days. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> Cyborg obviously got it from somewhere, and Stuart Scott basically coined that. That's phrase. that's that's true. That's true. So, but I was, you know, I was just wanted to say something energetic, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so I could uh, pump up myself because I'm not feeling very energetic. <clears throat> it's funny. Uh, we after we did uh, the countdown mini pod, somebody wrote on Facebook. They said. Uh, uh, love how Chris sounds completely defeated during this or something like that. <laughs> Just completely down <laughs> and depressed. What, God, the entire, fucking movie. such a bad movie. But uh, yeah, so uh, let's get it all started off. You guys have uh, had a week to be upset about something, and you always are. <laughs> so let's do it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I'm as mad as hell. You've never seen me very upset. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Well, if you are going to, if you're going to the grocery. Oh, yes. You have an option. You basically have a choice. You can drive along in front of the fucking store. Which is stupid. Which is stupid. Where there are walkways for pedestrians. The opening, closing, sliding doors, and usually stop signs. Mm-hmm. You don't have to drive there. That's true. You could go to the far other end of the Kroger Public, which is Walmart where you probably should be driving. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to drive up there up front, don't you get fucking impatient with me? <laughs> like I'm walking too slow. <laughs> don't you gun your engine? Don't you creep past that stop sign to where you're three feet away from me as I take my last two steps, or I will get loud. Yeah, <laughs> because that shit. I actually stopped and turned and stared at a guy the other day. I usually put my wife, like, I put myself between my wife and any cars that are mm-hmm. there. It's just kind of a thing I do. And I hadn't gotten to it this time, so she was behind me, and I heard a little bit of a rev, and I kind of pushed her forward and turned. I stopped, like, if he would have driven, he would have hit me. I stopped full on in the walkway and just stared at the dude. What was he doing? He was revving his engine? Yes. What the fuck? Because he's in a hurry. Because he's a Tennessee... Right. I mean, you're right, and I've seen this, but you're making me angry just talking about I mean, you just drive the other way. I don't ever drive along in front of the store because I actually stop. I hate stopping and waiting for slow-moving walkers. It's annoying. That's uh, That's why I go the long way. That's something that uh, I I do every time I go to the Best Buy that's in Nashville West. There's uh, the the entrance that I go into. There's two ways to go. You can either go uh, in the front, like you're talking about, and go past a Target. And several other stores to get to Best Buy. Or you can go around this back way, which you can (laughs) just drop right in, just drop in, which is what I do all the time. And (sighs) like, because if you do go the other way, and occasionally I'll find myself doing that because uh, the guy that turned down the one that I like to go down is going too slow or something like that. Uh, 
yeah, you have to you have to sit there and deal with it. And you're like, man, I might as well have just stayed behind the guy who was slow because yeah. all these people going through Target. There are there are two sides to this coin, though. Uh, and I'm I'm totally on your side. I'm totally on your side because <laughs> if you're going to go that way, you gotta you've got to you've got to stop. You've yep. got to sit there and and be annoyed because that's your fucking choice. Yep. Mm-hmm. But on the other side. There are people who take advantage of that. I agree. And there are people who you're stopping for and you're like, okay, I can understand stopping for. Then some other person's like, oh, well, if that person's going, I'm going to go too. Yes. And then after a while, you're just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting for more and more people over and over. And finally, you just got to got to nudge that car a little bit up a little bit. And yeah. do the pedestrians all, and I'm asking this honestly, do the pedestrians always have the right of way in that situation? I think they do. Well, the, and even it, if they're being assholes about yeah. it. That's, that was the one point drilled home to me in driver's head was the pedestrians always have the right of way. That's what I remember too. Like yeah. even if they're jaywalking and they might get a ticket for jaywalking, if you hit them, you're still going to get in trouble if you hit them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to yeah, always yeah, be, yeah. But I don't know if that applies in private parking lots. Oh, those, that's true. I yeah. don't think those stop signs are like enforceable. No, no always I, like in like, I, little cones. I, or I honestly like think that. that they always have the right of way, regardless. I mean, they can't just walk right in front of your car, like like you know, just jump out in front of it. But if they've if they're in any way intending to get into that area, you have to make sure you don't run over yeah. them. I mean, just as a moral obligation. Well, no, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I got the right away, motherfucker. Yeah. But like, but like, that's the thing. Like, especially if you do that thing at the Target and everything, you're sitting there because people are just coming out and going in all over the mm-hmm. place. And it's just, it gets to the point where like, okay, guys, I understand you're pedestrians, but I got to be someplace too. I'm going to be a pedestrian at some point. I'll be one of you guys at some point. Uh, but if you just let me go, I can, I can do that. I can join you. <laughs> I can join you. Uh, but like, no, I've never done anything stupid. Like, you know, when like, no, you're not fucking going. You just have to kind of nudge that car a little bit. Once that last person gets out of your way and kind of, all right, look, I'm, I'm gonna move along here, and mm. I'm, I'll get I'll get out of your way soon. I mean, I want to make sure <laughs> make sure everybody understands that I, as a driver, can also get very frustrated with pedestrians, specifically the ones down Chris's street or the street nearest Chris's, <laughs> yeah, that don't walk. 200 steps to a crosswalk and just walk across in the middle mm-hmm. yeah uh, and the people do that all over the place then those people really annoy me because I, yeah i'll get in big trouble if i hit you but it'll still be your fucking fault <laughs> but i also agree too that i hate the i hate the ones who after you're out of the way they have to make a point with their gas pressing yes that it's like boy you really put me out there yes so you hear that you hear a louder than normal uh, engine noise when they go past. I saw a great tweet from Laurent, like, oh, this is probably like ten months ago by now, but he basically said, you know, I'll give you two courtesy half-ass jog steps that aren't actually any faster than walking, but I'm, that's all you get from me. I'm going to go at the pace I want to go, and you're going to drive after I'm done. Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel. I don't, I don't run to get across, and but. Jesus. Yeah, his is a reasonable pace, as I'm sure is yours. It's not like now we've all run into the non-infirm pedestrian that is going slower than you know they can go. Oh, yeah. And that is is very annoying, too. Yes, exactly. Uh, but in general, you know, let people walk, especially at the fucking grocery store. Especially this now, is a great almost, rant. almost all these stores, Target is an exception, but almost every Kroger, Publix, or Walmart that I know of in this area has two massive entrances. Mm-hmm. So if you go along the front, you're, you're double 
fucking yourself. Because <laughs> even if you get through the one, there's a whole other one yeah. with people walking back and forth. Just don't even. Why? Why would you even? Yes. Just no. go in the other way. Doesn't make sense. Just, and then especially you're going to try and make me feel guilty because it's like well, I'm, I'm keeping you from something. That's the broader point, I think, is that. You know, if you if you do absentmindedly or whatever, just like because it's convenient, like go down the, the, the front row for whatever reason, you're right. You have no right whatsoever to get annoyed with anything in front of you, any pedestrians. That's what it's designed for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. That. Yes. Every now and then I'll pull into the grocery store and right up there by the stop sign is one of those senior living facility buses. And it takes 10 minutes for everybody to get off that mm-hmm. thing. And you just have to go around. Yeah. Go around. Just always go around. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we, and then, no, and then, uh, <laughs> we haven't even gotten into the people that park their car right at the, in the fire lane just to uh, run in for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Now I will, I, I will MacGruber your car with a golf club. <laughs> it's like well, a friend of mine was really shocked a few days ago. We had lunch and I was going off about, somebody I'd seen park in a handicapped spot mm-hmm. who didn't have a plate, tag, sticker, nothing. I am almost always assume those people are assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do give the benefit of the doubt. But he was he couldn't he couldn't believe how angry I was about that. Like, that's one of my soapboxes. Don't fucking park <laughs> in a handicapped spot, even if it's only for 30 seconds. That's right. That's what don't, uh, don't fucking do it. That's what happened well, to George and Kramer. And, and and really, honestly, how how much time are you saving? How much uh how much of your physical you know fitness are you risking by just parking way far away you know like it's not a big deal walking walking to the spot that you parked in takes seconds yeah Mm -hmm. so like it's not you're not saving any time yeah that's why i've never been a big like find the best parking spot guy yeah i was just like whatever like if i see one down i'll i'll do it Mm -hmm. but like if it's if it's one of those as a sea of cars and i don't know if there's a good spot I'll just find the first one. And yeah, walk. it's good for you. And plus, uh, the pro tip for the grocery store is to not park nearest to the store. It's to park nearest to the cart return. Fuck yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Absolutely. That's what I, the back that's of the fucking I thought I was the only one <laughs> no, that no, did that. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that did that. This is a life hack right My wife is always like, you just pass three spaces. And I'm like, yeah, but then we're going to have to walk the yeah. cart yeah. 50 feet further yeah. when we're done. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the Publix that I go to, I always try to find the spot that's close to the end where there's the boundary between the other stores mm-hmm. and everything. And there's this one nice, convenient, like, you know, cart place there. Yeah. And so, like, if i if i don't can't get that i'll go somewhere farther along but i'll try to get to that one that's like right close to it because you're right it's what happens is you go out if you if you park really super close and yeah it's not going to be you're either going to have to go all the way back into the store which is much further away than you you actually think it is Mm -hmm. or you have to go all the way out into the parking lot where you should have parked in the first place did you see the news story about the nashville guy who stole a grocery cart's electric scooter and hit two bars before they caught him. <laughs> oh my god, that's a great story. That's such a. Nat- I have not seen that. Such but that's a, a Nashville story. story. Such a Nashville story. <laughs> See, those things go like half a mile an hour. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. How many yeah, slackers the were there? Yeah. Like, how close was the bar to the store? Well, well, and how many by scooters? And, and like how many people saw him do this too? Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Oh shit. Oh, man. What's your rant? You've got a great rant. Do I? I, I okay. So I went and saw uh, Motherless Brooklyn 
at uh, our old theater, the Hollywood Twenty. Nice. Oh wow. Uh, I see, tried to you see to, Shane. I did not. <laughs> I didn't see anybody I recognized. Uh, and 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 some of that the idea that I can't recognize anybody anymore, uh, somewhat kind of ties a little bit into this too because people don't know that I worked there and they don't know that I have twenty years of movie yeah. theater experience. <laughs> so like, uh, so. Uh, yeah, I try to I try to distribute my watch time evenly among the theaters and everything. Try to find convenience and just like oh, I haven't been there in a while, whatever. I haven't been to Hollywood Twenty Seven in a while, so I saw Motherless Brooklyn there, and I noticed during the trailers. Probably should have said something during the trailers, but you never know if there's some new policy that they're going on, or whatever. The lights went down completely during the trailers, which is hmm. something that is not is for the longest time that I work projection was not a policy. You'd always have the lights during the trailers because people were going to their seats mm-hmm. and everything. So it was always a policy to have the lights up. So I saw the lights go up, go down completely. And I was like, uh, it's a bad sign. Mm. Yep. Because that means the lights are going to come up during the feature. And sure mm. enough, that's what happened. Like as soon as the, as soon as the, the movie started. started. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so I, you know, had to get out of there and, and, and I mean, I knew immediately. I probably, I, I, was, I probably already had my finger on the button, you know, <laughs> uh, went out and, uh, so customer service is dealing. I'm not, I, when I say this, I'm not saying this in a pejorative way, but there was a guy in a wheelchair, uh, talking to the guy in customer service and he obviously had some sort of issue with what was going on at the theater. So mm. that was a, a thing I was not going to be able to sit, th- sit through right. and tell the, tell him about the lights. I could have maybe just said, Hey, something about the lights, but he might have forgotten about mm. it and all that. So. Turn to the ticket terror guy. And I don't think everybody has radios like they used to, mm. but I turned to him and I was like, yeah, the lights came up during the feature in auditorium 26. And he goes, well, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, the Casper, the friendly ghost up there pushing buttons and stuff and all that. <laughs> and, uh, not only is that stupid, he obviously did not realize who he was talking no, to. No, <laughs> he had no fucking clue. Uh, now, I mean, this story is better if I'm like, do you know who I am? <laughs> um, but uh, I I just sort of nodded and, and was like, just give me some acknowledgement that this is going to get fixed. Yeah. That's all I care about. And uh, he's like, oh, I'll tell him. I'll tell him when it's done. And, yeah, it took him maybe three minutes for the lights to come down and everything. But uh, but, but this sort of highlights a, a weird thing about theaters. Like, nobody knows what – I mean, nobody downstairs seems to know what's going on a lot of mm-hmm. times. And then they invent excuses and they're, and they're, I mean, they're telling, they're, there's no telling what they're telling customers these days. Yeah. Like, I mean, if there's, if they're going to Casper, the friendly ghost, <laughs> it's the default. Yeah. If they're saying that and, and, and you know, you want to say, look, it's, it's not a ghost. It's someone is not making your digital print the right way where the lights go completely. Like you're supposed to have in a, and this is this has happened with 35 millimeter too, but in digital, you have cues that you put in to the thing, like at certain times. So uh, you should have a cue. Um, uh, so after you start it, the cue should make the lights go down immediately, uh, make half halfway during the trailers. You have a put a cue at a certain time point on your digital print, 
where the lights go down completely. Then at the end, which is this is the key part because this is the part that got fucked up. It was from the previous show, obviously. Uh. The last the the last part should have a cue that shuts down the movie, shuts down, makes everything the lights come back up, makes everything go back to intermission mode essentially. And uh, this one was not apparently in intermission mode because it it's supposed to have a cue that says, "Okay, I know what to do on this next show automatically." And then when you when it when the movie starts, I know that I need to do this. But instead, when everything's out of order, it goes, oh, I need to do this. And it just it's not smart. It just sits there and goes, oh, it's it, I just need to make the lights do something. So right. it changes to the next possible thing, which is the one it should have been on the last show. I see. Do you do those cues by hand? Like you actually put those in or you do they come on the print? metal tape? So, yeah. Well, on 35 millimeters, you would have the you'd have this cue tape. It was a, it was like a little uh, mirror like so like tape or whatever you put on there and it would go through some sensors and the sensors a light would shine on that thing or whatever and it would be like oh okay and then it would just so it i mean it's a it's sort of a it's a it's a quote-unquote stupid system because once once the queue goes through if the queue doesn't work i mean if the queue doesn't work then there's nothing to tell it to, right, to right, go right. to the lights and then when the next queue goes through it says oh okay well, we'll just put it in the next phase whatever yeah, yeah it whatever didn't it know it, you had it was pre-programmed and you know the first time you see the metal tape do this the second time you see the metal tape do this and so my first theater which was not regal well, the big problem was that uh the projectionist liked reusing trailer packs so we'd take a part of a trailer pack mm. from a previous print that had a queue on it yeah but not oh. realize there was a queue there yeah. and then put a new trailer on, put a queue there. And now we've got an extra the queue. Yeah. So that would result in the lights coming up as the feature starts. And yeah. and yeah, I used to get, um, yeah, that, that's a, that was a, that was an issue where you didn't know the queue was there. There was also the problem with, uh, you'd pick up a print from another place. Their queues were completely different and you'd bring something over and you'd start it up and you you weren't looking for cues when you when you run these prints but they'd have their own on there and so like like somewhere it would just you you put your own on there and then you just have multiple cues yeah. just running and the lights would go up during the feature and all that sometimes you get stray ones that would just manage to find their way into the middle of the movie somehow lights would come up in the middle of the movie and you're like what the fuck and you can override these whenever you wanted to but you you would have to know what was going on right yeah they're not training the fucking ushers at hollywood 27 no. on how no, no, to no. what i'm that. saying is that say it does whether it was 35 millimeter or or digital say something does go ask you like what happened with you that person can then go in and put that cue in yeah, or or override it one you one have to you have to go all right what happened on this um and a lot of times you can just with a digital, all you have to do is just look and see if everything is supposed to, you know, you're supposed to have this light, this light cue happens at the end of the trailers. This light cue happens during the credits and this cue at the end shuts everything off, makes the lights come back mm. up. And that's what the, the digital ones are a little bit smarter because they know to, they, you, you can put in a specific lights up or lights down. I can't remember actually if it was like that i think they're just whatever the case may be you have to program the cues in there and if you don't have one then the order is going to be completely off i got you and like whatever it, like, for instance in the 35 millimeter and this is i mean the digital is pretty much the same way you just have a, a digital thing that you put on but in 35 you would uh start the movie now the projector would know the projector would already be automated where it would be like okay once you press start this is what Hollywood 27 had. They had four different light 
uh, things. It was a little box on the side of the, on the, on the wall. And they were all set to a certain thing. One was up here, which was all the, the highest as it would be. Two would be halfway, three be all the way down, and then four would be back up. Mm. Um, so it's, they're always supposed to start in one. When you press start, the projector goes, okay, automatically it goes to two. Mm-hmm. Then the, the credit, the, uh, the preview queue goes through and it goes, all right, go to three all the way down. And then you, another queue goes up for the credits and then it'd go to four. Mm. And then you have one final queue that goes through at the end when you put it at the very tail end of the movie that would go, okay, shut everything off, put it in the intermission, blah, blah, blah. It's back to one. So it resets to one, even though one is the same as four. Yes. Right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. That way, that way, when it starts, it starts again, it goes back to two and so on. Just but if you miss second. one. Yeah. It's all out of It's all out of order. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. like what would happen a lot with, uh, because I think the, the tail ends of 35 millimeters were so put through the ringer so, so yeah. many times, uh, those would wear out the fastest. So there would be times where you go over to a projector and like it would be sitting there with the lights up and four and all that. And that meant also the tail end of your movie went through and it was like, <laughs> you know, because there's no soundtrack on that thing. So like, uh, so it would go through that. If it didn't work, it would just do that and, you know, and, and probably fucked up half your, half your speakers. Um, but like, uh, it would stay in four. And if you didn't notice that, so you press start, it would go to one. Yeah. And then the light, oh, yeah, then yeah, the, light the, the light cue would go through and it would just go to two and stay there. Yeah. Throughout the movie. It almost sounds like it was easier back in the 1930s when there was just a dude who turned the lights down <laughs> in the trailer's <laughs> exactly. room. Yeah. <laughs> turned the dial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, and you know, back in the day also, they only had the one auditorium. Yeah. So like they could do all that stuff and it's, it's better that way but then once multiplex has started yeah, yeah. with 28 screens you can't have a dude in every auditorium no. dude yeah dude. i mean you, you could you could be the dutiful projectionist and, and walk around and i would do that from time to time walk around make sure lights went down all that and make sure it's in frame because the uh you'd start movies where the previews would be the first thing you'd see or an ad or something and you didn't know exactly how to how to frame that you'd like ah that looks good mm. and then walk off and then come back and then it's like you know like this high up and you're like i didn't do that yeah yeah you know so anyway that's uh that's the thing it's 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 amusing to hear the excuses that these people have they'll blame a casper the friendly ghost <laughs> before they blame the the fact that they just didn't do the thing right yeah. you know I know we're doing a mini pot of this, but just uh, overall, what'd you think of Motherless Brooklyn? Uh, I liked it. Now okay. it's getting, I think, mostly positive reviews. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's one of those movies where I feel like Edward Norton shouldn't have been directing it. And he should have just been the actor in this. It's the opposite of the uh, the Argo thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I guess it's possible. I mean, in this case edward norton should do either or maybe mm. whereas ben affleck shouldn't be in argo at all and just be directing it i just feel like edward norton the the performer is always I, he's a stronger performer than ben affleck so you can mm. you can put edward norton in anything it was it's fine but either or on this and so there's some indulgences he goes through because he's edward norton mm-hmm. and it's two and a half hours so there's a lot of things where you're like man i i could i could see you chopping this man you wouldn't <laughs> have lost anything and uh, but the mystery is good 
the act, the performances, you get a huge cast and great performances and everything. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, Goo Goo and Batha Raw is cute. Yeah. I yeah. did read, um, <laughs> yeah. I did read a, a recent interview with Norton, probably promoting Motherless Brooklyn, where, he was asked basically the Spielberg question. What do you think about streaming services? Are they killing or changing cinema? And his answer was really he's he's probably a bit too much in a few areas. But mm. I think that dude's really smart. Yeah. And his response surprised me because he said, no, it's not. Look at what Netflix did with Roma. They put a, an entirely Spanish language film in over a thousand screens in the U.S. That yeah. didn't ever happen before Netflix came along. And I was like, wow. Wow, what a refreshing way mm-hmm. to look at it yeah. instead of just, oh, they're infringing on our stuffs. It seems like he <laughs> It seems like he's like actually given this some thought to where Yeah, well, and I think he probably that's probably his problem is he gives everything some thought. <laughs> yeah, and, by the way, <laughs> stop um, thinking it. <laughs> the um uh, somebody sent me this through email uh, I guess it was yesterday uh that uh, Scorsese got on the got in the New York Times with an opinion oh, yeah. piece and he and he uh, was trying to explain more what he meant by all the, the stuff well, good and uh and yeah again it's it's the same i mean really to me it doesn't matter how much he explains that that thing he's still i mean it's still going to be the same argument it doesn't really matter what he said there and he was trying to say that uh the problem now is that studios only want to do franchise pictures which mm. is is possible uh, but he's also seeming to equate that with nobody can make their movie anymore. Uh, by, by I guess maybe the one thing that's get that gets out of this is that the person who wants to make their movie isn't going to find a theater to do that in. Hmm. But he's sort of I mean, even though he acknowledged that he did The Irishman on Netflix and it was the only way he could have gotten it done, I, I guess his main thing is that these mo- these more challenging movies don't have a chance to get into movie theaters and and things like that and then of course he he sort of doubled down on his whole uh what he meant about the cinema thing Mm -hmm. and everything and again it's you know i i don't agree with him about the people not being able to make their movies there's so many he's not really saying that but i mean anybody who wants to make their movie has a million has way more options than they did yeah. back in the day even yeah. the, even the 70s oh yeah. yeah you know it's it used to be just the studios now there's a ton of places you can self-publish on amazon prime yeah yeah <laughs> i now have a theory that i just wanted the story to die like i was talking about last week i have a theory that now he's he's actively trying to keep this going because it keeps the irishman at the oh, top of yeah, yeah, yeah. the list. Uh, so now, I mean, now we're going on a month of this story yeah, going yeah. on. And uh, I think now he's just saying, if I can ride this until it actually releases on Netflix, it will be at peak SEO or whatever it is. Yeah, maybe. Um, so he's going to he's gonna publish an op-ed in the New York Times. He's yeah. going to keep this going. More power to him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's. I think it got out of his control, and now he's wrestled the control back in, like, running the narrative. We'll see if... Uh coppola starts talking about it again when his next movie comes out yeah, by the I do, way I, th- I do think it's hilarious that coppola who directed one of the most famous franchises in the universe is talking about franchises mm-hmm. being by the way i realize why i always call him coppola instead of coppola and it's because he's got two fucking p's in his name he's, it's the mm-hmm. double p one yeah. L. the english yeah, language yeah. tells me that's cop <laughs> yeah i know and the other with one p i think coppola would flow naturally mm-hmm. from my lips yeah i i don't know i think i think for me it was just that i heard it so many times i'm i was such a I'm such a trailer guy. So like, you know, I, I, you may have been to overall, I know, but like I was such a trailer guy, especially in uh, projection and everything. I used to watch trailers all the time. That's mm. why like so many of them resonate. Mm. And I remember 
and everything. And, uh, and so I would hear people's names constantly over and over and over again and just got to the point where, all right, that's what that dude's name. That's where I maybe possibly got that Charlie's, uh, or Charlie's, which one? Charlie's is, I think, the wrong one. Charlie's is the wrong one. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and like, I'm, I, I could almost swear it was like, who knows reindeer games or something like that <laughs> yeah where i heard charlie's and it was it was the don lafontaine yeah you know thing and i'm like okay that's how you spell that's how you pronounce that yeah. okay i got it and yeah. then, then you start hearing people saying charlie's all the time you're like wait a minute maybe maybe I just I'm telling that. you reindeer games is one of the most watchable terrible movies ever <laughs> yeah i know like, it is not I good seen it in forever it has a dozen twists too many mm-hmm. it's got six plots too many yeah uh but it's funny it's fun to watch <laughs> it is fun. it's funny i haven't seen it since it came out oh, but wow. i remember i remember that you bring that up i remember all these stupid fucking twists that <laughs> i mean not stupid as in they're just stupid for stupid sake but like there's how many there's a ton of twists there are yeah. it's yeah. like the last somebody minutes has like, ah! yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh! it's kind of like uh, i think the movie heist does that too <laughs> The, oh, yeah. the David Mamet heist. It does. I, I I love that movie so much. Oh, but I you're do right. Too. You're right. It does. It's one of those on where it's like more. it's like oh okay. Oh, and Wild Things is another one that does that. <laughs> yeah, yep. True. Where it's like oh, okay, we've kind of figured this out. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, those rants are so good. I'm gonna forego my rant, and Uh-oh. we can just go on to well, the next. Well, maybe it was good for another time. Yes. Yeah. It will. It will be evergreen. I, I believe. All right. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. It's time to talk about movie once again. <laughs> Movie. Yeah. You make you get some weird sounds emanate from you every time we bring up movie. <laughs> it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, uh there's some pretty cool stuff on there right now, of course. Yes. Um right now there is the Ryan Reynolds buried movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Have you seen this? I have. Oh shit. I mean now. I can't. I'm not ever going to watch it again, just because <laughs> the anxiety. Yes, and Ryan Reynolds himself has said he suffers from anxiety. Oh, really? So, so I wonder what harder. filming this was. I, I, I'm sure filming. They I mean they had it wide open spaces and made it look like it was all enclosed. If it was Tom Cruise, he would have insisted being actually oh, alive. Absolutely, <laughs> for certain. But uh, that buried is one of those movies that would go along with Locke, right? It would. Oh yeah, it's yeah. got that same kind of of like there's one guy in one location trying to talk on a cell phone yeah. uh and trying to get a problem solved essentially and uh and and in this one he you know he wakes up uh in you know wakes up in a in a box or of some sort and he finds he's got a cell phone and he's got uh he's got a light but he doesn't figure that out until way later huh. <laughs> but he's got a lighter and he's got a uh he's got a cell phone it's it's got uh, arabic writing on it hmm and uh and uh and so he's like what the hell and he finds out that he's been kidnapped by people in iraq that are not part of the war or anything but they're they're just they're just you know enterprising criminals essentially who just want to get money and uh they want five million dollars and everything and they think that he can get it from the embassy and everything Hmm. So there's a back and forth between him and the actual kidnappers, but there's also him frantically trying to call everybody he knows to try to get some help and everything. He calls his business, which Stephen Tobolowski is the voice on the oh. other end of the line oh, on wow. that one. Uh, he uh, he's calling. He's trying to call his wife, but his wife's not answering. 
Uh, he's he's trying to call all these different government uh, places and everything. He's try- he has to call. I can't remember if he calls his wife's sister. I think that's what it is. He calls his wife's sister and they're not on good terms. Oh. And so like, she's like, cause every time he goes in, he goes, he's immediately going into that panic mode. Like I'm in a box, I'm in a blah, blah, blah. And they're, and they're like, whoa, whoa, slow down and everything. And how can you, you yeah. know? And, and, and at the same time you feel for the people on the other end of the line, because this is a weird call. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, he keeps calling all these people. He finally find somebody at the state department who's like helping him out and everything they're calling back and forth and saying we're looking for the signal but you know the phone is cloned and all this and there's all these little problems that come up so it's a very tense movie uh it's gotten mixed reviews over the years that's surprising because i i watched it and just i loved it um and then yeah i looked up later on i saw it was kind of a mixed review kind of thing and i was like wow that's i mean i thought it was really great yeah yeah i mean Uh, it's not lock but i thought it was really super tense and holds your attention ryan reynolds does a great job yeah i agree i mean and and when you (laughs) this year seeing ryan reynolds in two movies i've seen him detective pikachu well voice mainly and then uh, hobbs and shaw he's in that oh Oh, that's right and uh (laughs) and uh and it's I know that ever since he did Van Wilder, which was his big, you know, breakout and everything, people want him to do that every yeah. time. That's what Deadpool is all about. That's what, so he does this and everything. So it's really cool to see him like in a drama where he barely ever says any jokes at all. Yeah. And, uh, and you say, oh, well, we can actually get this Ryan Reynolds from time to time. That's, got some, got some range. Yeah. Well, and you saw him in Mississippi Grind too, right? Yeah, yeah. Mississippi he's Grind. More... He's very dra- dramatic in that. Was too. that him in Safe House? Is that the Denzel? Denzel. Uh, he might. I think I that's Ryan remember. Reynolds. I, I like remember that movie actually. A lot too. Yeah, I remember it coming out, but I don't remember much yes, about it. Yes, that's him. All right, okay. that's what I thought. Okay, he's not <laughs> super funny in that either. Yeah, uh, and and I do enjoy seeing that more. What's funny is when he first came out. Well, he was on that. Uh, two girls, a guy, and a pizza place. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Um, and then Van Wilder and my buddy Josh was always like, man, he's just kind of doing that Jim Carrey thing. Yeah. Like, Cause, it, and that we were worried because he was charming, but if he was never going to do anything more than faces, mm-hmm. but he's grown into a lot more, both comedically and dramatically. Yeah. And even in a movie like Just Friends, where it's like a sort of comedic and dramatic. Yeah. And then, uh, what was the other one where he, uh, yeah, I always forget about that one where he's like telling the story of, of the, of, uh, I think it's Abigail Breslin plays his daughter and he's t- telling the story of who is, who her, her mom is. And there's three different women it could be. Oh, and, I never uh, saw that. Um, that one is also pretty good too. And like, you know, it's like, this is the type of Ryan Reynolds. It'd be nice to see more often, but yeah. I think ever since Deadpool now, he's going through that Van Wilder thing again yeah. where it's like, you know, uh, but anyway, buried, I, I would be, I'd, I'd say is a high, high recommend for a movie. It, there are some moments in that movie that are absurd, I think. Oh, yeah. But, but it's really good. Yeah. I got to check that out, man. I would say, you know, it, it, it gave me some pause to just kind of like conceptually get into that. But I think, I think I could probably just, do it as kind of like uh, like like you did like watch it once and and see what what it's about yeah the, the parts that made me feel anxiety will keep me from going back to it too many times <laughs> um but i think that's also sort of the point again i've said this before i think some movies when they make you anxious it, it's it's a sign they've they've done a really good job crafting mm-hmm. that that movie mm-hmm. yeah the uh that other movie was definitely maybe ah! definitely maybe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I watched uh, just recently because it just came out today. Actually, mm-hmm. a movie, a uh, a Brazilian movie called uh, Two Irenes in in English, but it's uh, As Duas Irenes. Ire- <laughs> <laughs> nice, good job. The way that they pronounce it is like Iren, Ireni, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Man, what stupid a f- Europeans always what? having to pronounce every syllable. <laughs> or Brazilians, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're Portuguese, so yeah, it's basically yeah, the same yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, so this is Fabio Miera that did this, and I had no idea what to expect. It's a coming-of-age story about a 13-year-old girl uh, who has a complicated relationship with her father. You can imagine how many different ways that could go. Uh, it goes in a bunch of different ways that you would never, ever expect. Mm. Uh, it's about, it's actually billed in, in the movie description. It's billed as like a, a take of, you know, in the tradition of Hitchcock and Jordan Peele's Us, like the, the study of duality and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the self being somebody else. So there's two girls named Irene that don't know each other exist, mm-hmm. basically. And so the, the primary Irene, I'm going to say Irene because Irene, I don't, doesn't roll off the tongue, meets the other one. And who's, you know, the, the primary one is this kind of like social shut in. She's skinny. She doesn't get along really well. And the other one is a social butterfly. Um, and, uh, these two personalities come together in a way that is just absolutely delightful. Um, the performances here are fantastic. Both, both of the Irenes and, uh, the father in particular, but all the supporting cast is fantastic. Uh, I don't want to give too much away about this movie because it, it every surprise is a delight. The cinematography in this thing will blow you away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's there's a shot of the the primary Irene is what I'll call her in the bathtub, and it's not salacious or anything like that. But it's just absolutely mesmerizing the way that this was shot, hmm. and it's very important. It's early on in the movie. It's very important to the movie overall. Uh, but the, it's just, it, it's, it's unlike what you would have seen in any other version of a girl in a bathtub. Hmm. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. There's a, the other thing about this movie is that it does subvert expectations a lot. There's a, there's a little bit of a, uh, flirtatious thing going on between the two Irenes. Um, you know, they're exploring their sexuality. They're making out with boys and stuff like that. And, uh, and the, the experienced Irene asked the inexperienced Irene, she's like, have you ever been kissed before? She says, no. And so they're in their bedroom or her bedroom and they turn around. She's like, you want to try? And I'm like, I was thinking, cause it's a, a big buildup. And I was like, which way are we going to go with this? Like, it would be very much like this movie to subvert this whole thing and do something different. Uh, or it would be kind of like this movie to make them make out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it does something a little different than what I had even expected. Yeah. So this is totally, totally a recommend. This is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey's good in it. Too, Jim right? Carrey and Ryan Reynolds show up mm-hmm. as as the two Ikes. Yeah. I was just making a, me myself and two Irene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So it, it, this is on movie. Another movie that I would never have experienced whatsoever. Right. Uh, had I not had this service, uh, movie is fantastic, man. You got thirty movies every day each day one goes away one one new one shows up and it's just fantastic it's just a you've heard us talk about it before if you haven't heard us talk about it before go get it now because it's awesome where do yeah. they go where do they, they go? go to movie.com slash cinema so m-u-b-i.com slash cinema and get you what 30 days free jeremy that's up to 60 freaking movies that's right for that's free right. yes yes for, for free grief. like so, i mean 
do it. Yeah. You're, so you can you can experience right now, if you do it right now, you can experience that buried movie, which I'm going to actually watch as soon as I get done with all this. You can watch uh, the two Irines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of like Dario Argento stuff on there. There's a lot of really, really cool stuff on there. So go to movie.com slash cinema sins. Check it. Do it today. Do it, do it right now. Just just pause the thing and go right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're yeah. going to try a different kind of segment today. Uh, we're going to go over a a person who is uh, they're, they're sort of their film career. And we're going to kind of go quote unquote film career with our first <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, but but this person, this author, Stephen King, has had so many books adapted into movies. Mm-hmm. And with Dr. Sleep uh, having been out for the last three days, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to go over some Stephen King stuff. And it's it is crazy how many of his books. I mean, he's written a ton of books. Yeah. And almost that many have been turned into movies yeah i mean it automatically like even when he does a collection of short stories yeah each one of those short stories will become a movie um so uh let's go over some of the the stephen king works that uh have been turned into movies uh carrie is the first one yes and and just to elaborate on this i came up with this list we're just focusing on films for this Mm -hmm. because i know there's a ton of of people out there that uh, that love the Langoliers or the the, the original Stan miniseries mm-hmm. or the original It miniseries, we're keeping it just to movies because otherwise it would just be a sack of worms. I mean, even just out. keeping it to movies, there's a lot of movies. <laughs> there's a lot of movies. That's I'm, very true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrie came out first. It was uh, Brian De Palma directing, uh, and 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 Carrie is 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 really good, really yeah. really effective uh, uh, movie. I don't know if I. I don't know if I consider it horror though. It's weird it that is way. Weird. Yeah. Um. I think the more more horror is with Carrie and her mom than anything. That's true. Than anything that she does, which is more sci-fi type stuff. That goes. Well, yeah. On. Her her the horror that comes from her abilities is justified. Yeah. Like it, by the end of that movie, you want her to burn those motherfuckers to the ground. Yeah. Exactly. You don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, from all the experiences but between her mother and between all the bullying and the Travoltas and all that bullshit. The Travoltas. The Travol- yeah. yeah. You want you want her to like light those motherfuckers up. Yeah. That scene at the end in that that prom or whatever. Is it prom? Mm-hmm. It's uh that scene with him, De Palma doing his most De Palmiest stuff. Oh yeah, the the split screens galore <laughs> and all the stuff is just it, just thrilling. Yeah, it's yeah. so thrilling yep. to watch uh, watch that. And and yeah, I mean the the rest of the movie is is pretty good too. It's got a good solid foundation to it. But mm-hmm. once it it's built up to this you know this this moment and that's the the one that, that's what you will remember going now we're going to talk about this other one in a second but growing up i bet you're surprised to learn that i never watched a lot of stephen king movies uh, really yeah <laughs> but i always got carrie and firestarter oh confused yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end of carrie there's a huge ass fire right. yeah, i mean they're completely different stories but they're right. both young girls yes, yes. setting fire to and shit. from my perspective i also i'll go ahead and out myself to date i have never read a stephen king book uh, really? but, because I generally don't, I have not historically liked horror, sure. whether it's movies or anything else. And so, despite I know I I, I know his greatness, mm-hmm. I know he's awesome. I just haven't personally read the the, the stuff. Don't hate mm-hmm. me. even the the non horror, the body and Green Mile. And stuff no, like I haven't that read any of that either. No, no. I mean, I don't read very much anymore. 
Who does? <laughs> Except for the people who read the Ables. Only losers read books. Except Jonathan. <laughs> That's true. Um, no, uh, I think there's a story about how Stephen King uh, watched this movie, I guess, during the premiere or whatever, and turned to his wife and said, this movie's going to make so much fucking money. He just he, he liked just, it, right? He really liked yeah. how he how this was adapted and everything. Uh, they have in subsequent years they have made I think a TV version of Carrie, Ooh, which yeah, is not very yeah. good. Uh, then there was the Chloe Grace Moretz Ooh. version, which was <laughs> like okay, <laughs> uh, Carrie's supposed to be this girl that's unpopular, I guess because she's weird and whatever, but but maybe not as attractive as the others or whatever. Chloe Grace Moretz strike yeah. you as a girl well, that would be unpopular. Yeah, I mean, that's why they, they, they glamorized it. And that's why it's partially why it misses the mark. She's perfectly fine in it because she's a good actress. Yeah. But Sissy Spacek was perfect for this role yeah. because she's objectively like a very beautiful woman, but she also at that point in her career had kind of like the attributes or, or embodied that character, yeah. you know, shy and kind of thin and, and, and pale and things like that. And she was what you would see on the page. I read this a long time ago, but this translated really, really beautifully from the book to the screen. I can see why he liked it so mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot to go through, so let's uh, head on to The Shining. The Shining. The uh, Shining. The Shining. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, did a Sins video We did a Sins video on this. On this. Last week. It was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that was one of the most fun times I've had sending a movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of those that you go into going, oh, man, I'll probably only get like 20 out of this. And then you end up being, oh, no, there's a little yeah. bit more. You can have a little more fun, too. Yeah. What, what is really interesting to me is that Stephen King, at this point, you know, in 1980, He's on the map, and he's a popular writer, mm -hmm. but he's not. It's a Stephen King. Right. But his first two movies are Brian De Palma and Stanley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And he hated this one. Yeah. He, hates he still hates this, movie. this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, Kubrick changed some things fundamentally from the book that King didn't like. I think uh jack torrance is supposed to be like an ex-jock or something like that he's got a, he's got a trophy wife and everything and meanwhile in this jack nicholson mm -hmm. who doesn't strike you as former athlete or anything <laughs> like that and you have uh and you have a, a shelly duvall who is uh another i mean you wouldn't call her glamorous either yeah, she's she's unusual kind of funny like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know, just in a usual sort of way. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, no, she is. Very, I mean, I think that that's part of the reason that she was cast is that she had a different look than some glamorous Hollywood yes, babe. Yes, yes. Uh, I think I think people tend to take that as an insult. And that's not what we're trying right. to say is that, you know, it's it, there's no way around it. True. But um but uh that's what he did with it and he took out the, the you know because in in the book he's got the topiary animals that mm. come to life at the end kubrick apparently didn't like it and none of the people who were on the film liked that part of the book for some reason i guess it was because it was too fantastical i have the personal belief that they just didn't want to do it because the special effects wouldn't have been good and it's i don't probably yeah, i don't really both. i don't really i mean with all the fantastical stuff that's in the movie you know like the that ghost furry blowjob i mean yeah <laughs> come on uh you would think that uh you know that having some animals come to life at the end would yeah. be perfect to to go along with everything but no they didn't like that apparently uh anyway 
The Shining. I know that you like this. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love this it. This is maybe, uh, even after seeing it, I, I think this is one of the, the most perfect movies I've ever seen. It's just, it's so weird because I just, I just never, I never watched it. I never watched it until one random Hollywood 27 weekend shift where all the bosses were gone and fucking Ryan and Corey put it up on the TV in the office. Oh, really? (laughs) It was like... By 20 minutes later, there were like all six managers working in the building were in the office watching The Shining. And that was the first time I'd really ever paid it any attention. And thank God I I started with that opening up the mountain because Mm -hmm. that that was everything I needed to hook me and tell me what to expect and how um, deliberate the film was going to be in a good way. Um, Yeah, it's not it's not anything like Alien, but I, I can't. I can't pick. <laughs> I can't pick between the two of them when I choose my favorite horror movie, uh, even though they're completely different type of films. They are, and and I can I can sympathize with Stephen King as to why he would not like this movie. Now, if I were him, it's like uh, it's like with Bob Dylan and Jimi Hendrix. Bob Dylan has since basically said Jimi Hendrix owns all along the Watchtower. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Trent Reznor has said Johnny Cash basically owns Hurt. Now, mm-hmm. it's not my version. It's not anywhere near what I did. It's not my vision. But that's the thing. Stephen King, to my knowledge, has never really done that with The Shining. The Shining is a beautiful piece of art. It is not the book The Shining. Yeah. It, it borrows heavily from it. But like, I wish he would acknowledge that it is its own art and perfect in its own way. I think, that's, I think that people liked it and consider it so good is the only reason why he's been so vocal about it over it must the years. be, yeah. Because he's think about all the adaptations <laughs> yeah. that have been horrible from his work that he doesn't talk about at all yeah you know yeah. i mean it would it would it would it seems like to me that he was he was put aback by how well it was received yeah yeah yeah. and 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 maybe maybe a tinge of jealousy in there where he was like i wrote this great book and now everybody loves the movie and it's not my book and yeah. why is you know what you know why is that you know that type of the type of like of an insecurity or something it's like maybe. in that thing you do when the drummer <laughs> new drummer plays the song too fast and jonathan sketch is like this isn't my song but people are loving it yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> totally you just compared the shining to the <laughs> yeah. did. that's right and it was a good comparison yes, it right. was so we somehow have a stephen king the stanley kubrick to tom hanks comparison there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, The Shining is uh, it's a it's a good one. That's, That's a, good, a good movie. Uh, then we have Creep Show. Yeah, mm. no, Cre- I haven't seen. This. You haven't seen this one. Now, I think you would like Creep Show. Okay, this is not like a horror movie, really. Mm-hmm. Right, it's an anthology type of thing, Twilight Zoney kind of thing, Twilight Zoney mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay. Um, there's uh several different segments. Uh, Hal Holbrook is in one where he's uh contemplating killing his wife mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, um there's a uh, there's one with wesley nielsen in it Ooh. and ted danson yeah uh where uh, I ted danson was yeah in there. where uh where leslie nielsen has this uh was trying to get revenge on him for sleeping with his wife and uh burying him in the sand in the beach or whatever uh, yeah. uh there's like a couple others what are the other there's one there's a monster under the stairwell well, that's the hal holbrook one though and they're all based on short stories that king wrote these are these this is a screenplay that king wrote oh, wow. for a movie that okay. george a romero directed mm-hmm. oh. um and uh yeah there's like seven vignettes yeah uh there's one with king himself as a farmer uh where a meteor hits it's, it goes back and forth between this one 
but there's a meteor that hits uh, his farm or whatever, and he comes out and king back in those days, man. He was he he yeah <laughs> he's he's really like hamming this shit yeah, up yes. and uh and uh he there's a point where he's like uh, where he goes down and he inspects the meteor and everything and he has some goo on his hand and he's like meteor shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um yeah the the one with Stephen King's called the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill uh something to tide you over is the um uh, is the Leslie Nielsen one the crates the Hal Holbrook one um they're creeping up on you is yeah the hermetically sealed apartment oh yeah that one uh where the i think there's the cockroaches or the mm. bugs or something come in uh yeah. yeah so yeah it's uh it's just it's an anthology series it's very fun it's one of those uh like yeah like if you don't like horror uh this doesn't have that much it's almost mm-hmm. it's almost funny in a way it can be dramatic at times but mostly it's kind of like f- funny horror type of movie hmm you know uh i mean there's some i mean i guess there's a couple of scare moments but not like yeah it's not your typical whatever i highly enjoy creep Mm -hmm. all right now is that the thing that just got remade on shutter yes yeah all right yeah they're doing i guess what jonathan was saying they're coming out with episodes that have two stories in them oh okay uh so they're still anthology but i guess that's how they're doing it they're giving you two at once something like that uh but yeah creep show is good now here's one i haven't seen cujo cujo it's fine yeah it's about a, a killer dog uh you know big old saint bernard that's all sweet and cuddly until he gets bit by like a evil rabbit or something yeah. <laughs> it, it is a rabbit i don't know how it turns evil but uh it's then he turns evil Benicula? yeah <laughs> look at the bones <laughs> uh yeah no i mean he turns uh into like an evil monster and he traps uh the family i think in their car when it's like super hot and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so uh there's some tense moments in here but it's also very very 1983 or 1982 or three i think it was three they made a shameless shameless ripoff of this uh like 10 years later i think uh, called man's best friend oh Oh. i remember that oh my god yeah well i mean this kind of thing is ripe for you know, Pet Cemetery was kind of had some of these elements too, where like you know, beloved family pet turns evil and wants to yeah. kill you, type of thing. Old Yeller did that too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Where are you going with that, God? <laughs> um, I never saw Cujo, but this one has less to do with Stephen King and more to do with uh, my gripping fear of dogs mm. that I had until I was twenty three, and I lived with a Newfoundland and a um, Mastiff, a Bull Holy Mastiff. Holy fuck! And so bigger than you they were yeah well the newfoundland was bigger than chris um <laughs> but they were the most lovable dogs yeah, yeah, and yeah. up until then probably ptsd from my paper route at age nine being chased by dogs like dogs terrified me mm. i was always afraid every single one of them was going to go cujo at any moment and bite my hand mm-hmm. but now i don't now i like dogs and i'm going to get a dog soon but i still have never seen cujo yeah i mean it's 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 not one of the essential ones it's it's an interesting i movie. think i saw the one with the car it's almost uh du- well not dual uh christine? maximum overgrowth yeah christine yeah, christine. yeah there's so many of these <laughs> uh but i think it's more known for being a cultural reference like you saying somebody's gonna go to cujo on right. me or whatever yeah, right. than it is as an actual movie yeah. right 
then uh, the Dead Zone, Christopher Walken. This yeah. movie's awesome. Yeah, this is really good. This is David Cronenberg, oh. but it doesn't have any body horror really no, that I, I can remember. I don't remember there. Being, I think this is a pretty like straightforward adaptation of the book, and I've read the book and seen this movie. But they've been a long time ago for both, mm-hmm. so I don't remember everything. But I know that Walken plays a character who who can touch people and know that. Yeah, that, <laughs> he does that in total exaggeration. And either I guess know what has happened in the past or knows what's going to happen. Knows what's going. What's to going to yeah, happen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they made this into a uh, TV series later mm-hmm. with Anthony Michael Hall. But Pretty well regarded, I think. Yeah, I think it was. I never uh, saw. I think it. it was well well regarded. But uh, yeah, this is a great movie. Yes. Dead Zone. Yeah. Yes. Christopher so Walken. Like the reverse of Unbreakable. Where he like touches him and sees the bad then they done now this guy can touch yeah, him and see yeah, what's yeah. going to happen in the future I think so uh, it was hilariously parodied by the way uh, in a in a Saturday Night Live where Christopher Walken was hosting he was at like a Christmas party or something like that and uh, he touches somebody and he has that whole like affectation he's like Bill I just had this vision that's my Christopher Walken I just had this vision <laughs> you're going to eat some corn nuts. And like he goes over and eats some corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all these like super mundane shit. And like, after a while, they're just like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny though. Uh, but yeah, I remember that being a good movie. Uh, then, then Christine, Killer, Killer Car, John Killer Carpenter. Car. Yeah. And, and way before Rubber, but yeah, kind of a true. spiritual mm, sibling. Mm, this was a uh, LeBaron. What was Christine? If it was a LeBaron, that's, I thought it was like a, a, 57 no Chevy. it's it's a plymouth fury that's what it was mm. uh no this uh this has got some creepiness to it i actually kind of kind of like this movie all right you you did see this one i saw it but i don't remember anything about probably it. probably more for john carpenter than it was for a killer car right i well whenever i saw it i wouldn't have known who the fuck john carpenter oh, okay. was yeah this is another one of those mid '80s, like, eh, all right, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't seen this one either. Uh, I have seen Children of the Corn. Yeah, now that's got some creepy shit. Yeah, it does. It has uh, God, who's the dude who's in a lot of stuff? Who's in the Burbs too? That's in this. Um, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Courtney Gaines is the guy, the redheaded dude. Oh yeah, yeah, this. Malachi. He plays Malachi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is your children going going evil and bad and and what i love about stephen king is how he's able to take something where you wouldn't think there's any way that this would be scary like a dog i understand with you your experience you had traumatic stuff but like typically dogs are just especially like a saint bernard just cuddly and happy and all that stuff a car like a uh, like a, a bunch of kids like doesn't seem to pose a threat whatsoever a red balloon a red balloon <laughs> yeah see this is one that i'm surprised you haven't seen like this and it's 700 sequels i saw village of the damned is it similar <laughs> it, it's similar yeah uh i think village i'm trying to think of village of the damned had the same philosophy this one is anybody over 18 needs to be killed right. by, by the kids i don't know about village of the damned like what was I know that they killed the parents in that, but like, or killed adults in that, but I can't remember if it was, uh, if I it was anybody over 18 or if yeah. it was whatever. But yeah. It I is funny that you've it. seen Village of the Damned. Well, Damn I only watched it because I built that print and I oh, had okay. to watch it. Children of the Corn has, I think, like maybe seven sequels. Ah, now somewhere see, around. Maybe I should get into this. Maybe you should. Are there any hot, sexy co-eds? Oh, uh, see. You're all a Know that, know that I've, know that, uh, <laughs> so no, <laughs> what I'm, what I'm saying, what I was going to say is I haven't gotten past like four 
<laughs> have you seen four? I've seen I think four. I've seen four. I, I, I saw four for a stupid ass reason because I heard some girl I liked saw it once. So I watched it. <laughs> um, and, uh, but then there were like some others afterwards and they could very well have sexy co-eds. I Why not? <laughs> sexy co-eds, beach party, everything's happy. And then suddenly kids. <laughs> Yeah, and it's the Jaws music. All right, That's, that makes sense. Uh, 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 I don't remember too much about that first one though, but I do remember it being kind of freaky. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> I, I, I used to watch it like every other Halloween or something like that, mm-hmm. and I saw it probably most recently a few years ago, and it holds up, man, because just the way that they frame everything, especially just you don't know what the kids are up to until you do and Mm -hmm. and then there's like this supernatural entity that's overseeing the whole thing Mm -hmm. and just kind of like the psychological (laughs) horror behind it is very effective yeah uh then yes firestarter which i have not seen either drew barrymore i'm a foil starter (laughs) drew barrymore uh cashing in that et fame with firestarter this is a david keith plays her dad uh who also has some sort of ability like the whole family has ability and this is the first time at least in the movies where they refer to the shop you familiar with the shop at all Mm-mm. it's a stephen king thing that he puts in probably like five or six of his books where it's a it's a government entity like where they're interested in mm. specifically in paranormal or like supernatural abilities mm-hmm. uh basically like viola davis from suicide Squad. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, she like uh the 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 shop wants to kidnap Drew Barrymore's character and like harness her abilities as a pyrokinesis or whatever it is like as a weapon of course uh kind of like a stranger things set up long before stranger things uh this movie's pretty good though yeah yeah okay this All right. is uh so this is 84 85 what I think it's 84 yeah so it's 84 so yeah right after ET a couple of years after ET right yeah yeah she might even have been the highest paid person in this movie. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. So, well, Martin Sheen is in it, and George C. Scott is in there, too. Uh, they play the villains. Oh, Martin really? Sheen plays, uh, like, the, uh, the, the the shop guy. The shop guy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the shop guy. Marv the shop guy. Marv the shop guy. Lol. <clears throat> and then there is Cat's Eye, which also has Drew Barrymore in it. Ooh. Does uh, it really? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it, but it's got Drew Barrymore in it. It's got James Woods uh but it's apparently uh it's a it's it's three tales of suspense i've seen this movie and it's linked by a stray cat it is and uh and i remember watching it thinking the cat had very little to do with any of the movie Mm -hmm. but i remember the three vignettes this this would have been on non-cable television so edited to fucking back um, <laughs> so i don't even know if i saw what was edited intended to fucking back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it would have been hey, on like hey bill can you edit this to fuck and then turn around and go go, like, go back you just walk in walk into his room and he's like he's got like film hanging off of his mouth and shit <laughs> i'm editing it to fuck gene uh but yeah because i i'm a cat guy right mm-hmm. i always well, had cats growing up i watched it for cat action and there wasn't much cat action did you is that the reason that you watched cat people no, I haven't seen Cat People. Isn't that the one where Chica is naked the whole yes, time? Yes, Nat- Nastasha Kinski is naked probably 90% of that movie. What is this movie? Cat People. Sexy Coets? Yeah. <laughs> Nastasha Kinski. All right. She's I'm hot. Gonna... Okay, after this podcast, you watch Buried. I'm going to watch Cat People. All right. Yeah. All right. yeah uh, no, I, I, I saw, I didn't see the whole movie, uh, strangely enough, uh, but uh, it was uh, one of those things where it came on and I was like, oh, 
Nastasha Kinski. She's she's pretty. Oh, she's naked. Okay, awesome. And then you watch it for about thirty minutes and like, yeah, this movie kind of sucks. And you, you, you like turn it over to something else, and then you come back and like, whoa, she's still naked. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was what nineteen eighty two. Yeah, Paul Schrader six point one on IMDb. There you go. Uh, Silver Bullet. Ooh. is uh his a uh, werewolf story i think did you ever see this i did a long time ago listen to this cast uh so 1985 Corey haim yeah yeah gary Busey. all right everett mcgill terry o'quinn and lawrence tierney oh wow <laughs> wow all right. That's like just a, a, an incredible 80s cast. Terry right O'Quinn, there. known as Lock on Lost That's for right. most people. That's right. Uh, or The Stepfather. <laughs> Wasn't he in The Stepfather? Oh, yeah. he. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think he, he was. was in The Stepfather. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is his uh, his werewolf story. I guess it's based on the novella Cycle of the Werewolf. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay for it and everything. But mm. yeah, uh, you know, your typical werewolf story and they have to get the silver bullet to, mm-hmm. to kill it. Roll credits. Roll credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yeah. I don't remember yep. too much about it. Uh, maximum overdrive. Woo. Yeah. Woo. This is where you can smell the drugs coming off of this. This is this is not just one car, guys. This is all the cars and machines in general <laughs> yeah. coming to life. It's like tremors with cars. Yes. <laughs> Yes. It's like, it's like car versus human. Yes. Yes. Uh, Stephen King, I believe, self-admittedly, he direct, he wrote and directed this movie, mm-hmm. uh, was on uh, massive amounts of drugs. He wrote it was. within 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. This yeah. is amazing. Oh, my God. Cars are alive. <laughs> Machines are alive. Let's put Emilio Estevez in this immediately. <laughs> oh my yeah, god no, this movie's butt I haven't, se- I, I haven't seen it all the way through it Ugh. was on actually during the uh, you know halloween and everything oh yeah uh i saw i saw a good chunk of it and i was like wow yeah that's yeah, bad yeah conversely the next one stand by me oh, yes oh. based on the body oh yeah the body the body <laughs> <laughs> i will say i can't watch that fucking puking scene oh no <laughs> Like I have to, I have oh, to look away. It's it's awful. It's so graphic. Yes, it is. And I, I get that somewhere between horror movie and this is a story about a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. teens, boys telling who would tell stories like that. Mm-hmm. I, I get it, but it's I, it's one of the best movies I think I've ever seen in my life. And I hate whenever a movie like that has an entire scene that I have to fast forward. Yeah. yeah it's frustrating. Can you do the leech scene? Yeah, that because I don't, you know, I never had a leech. You never had it? Whereas I've, I've, I've thrown up leech. plenty. I've been around people who were throwing up plenty. Yeah, I think cleaned I may up, have had a leech plenty. once. <laughs> Isn't, uh, is it, uh, Will Wheaton is the... Yeah, Will uh, Wheaton. You got Jerry O'Connell. Will Wheaton have- gets a penis leech. That's what. Yeah, he's get it. He gets it. He has it right on the willy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. And, uh, John Cusack's in this movie for a hot second. Yeah, he's he? a brother of Will Wheaton. And then uh, Kiefer's the, Kiefer's, the, the, Kiefer, the bad guy. Kiefer's the bad guy. The they well, yeah the bad guy. I guess yeah. Don't they uh, smash mailboxes with a baseball bat? I think they do. Yeah, so I, thought. I think that's right. It's Rob Ryan. What. Rob Reiner had yet to do when Harry met Sally. Yeah, he had, he had done, done Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. Is that all he had done I before think so. now? Think so. I mean, wow. obviously, other than his acting career, all in the family and all yeah, that. But yeah, like yeah. Uh, directing wise, we of course we went through this at one point. God, um, I think this might be his second big feature. Let's look. 
it's funny because like Carrie and The Shining, so Carrie gets the tone of the the book right and gets the movie right. The Shining gets the book tone of the book wrong but gets the movie right. And then like all these other things, like they're okay at best. And then Rob Reiner like fucking nails this one. Yeah, he did a movie called The Sure Thing with John Cusack uh, just before. I remember this. that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, stand by me is, yeah, one of those all time greats. We had, I think we debated about this one being in the, uh, in our brackets, didn't we? Didn't yes. we have this mm-hmm. for a while in oh, our yeah. brackets? I think so. Didn't it get to like the sweet 16 yeah, or something so. like that? I believe uh, so. but, uh, yeah, stand by me is so good. It's a, it's a simple story. I mean, they, they hear about a body, they go and have a, an adventure where they basically walk to that body. Uh, trying to find the body or whatever and they they have to run in they run into all these different things on the way you know they have to deal with the junkyard dog Mm -hmm. and they have to their own railroad tracks when the train's coming at one point and uh this is the first non-horror stephen king adaptation at least i think so movie wise yeah and this was it was almost a surprise when i saw it for the first time because i knew it was a stephen king thing so this way I, I expected some sort of horror element mm-hmm. um especially because they were going after a dead body or whatever no it's just straight up coming of age story. yeah mm-hmm. and it's got it's got great like little scenes aside from the throwing up one or but uh the one where they're around the campfire essentially asking what the fuck grimace is yeah, and yeah everything yeah. <laughs> that's funny yeah i mean uh the family guy did some funny thing with this at one point too where they were like uh where they where instead of you know you know at the end there's that coda where it's like uh you know this guy went to the vietnam war later and all Mm -hmm. that and instead of doing what the characters did they they talked about the actors it's like this guy grew up to marry rebecca romaine can you believe that <laughs> the, the fat kid from stand by me is married to rebecca romaine <laughs> that's great holy shit uh but uh yeah stand by me if this if there's any uh you know one of our big recommends would be in this in this hell list. yeah uh creep show two never seen creep show two it gets terrible reviews. Yeah. I never saw it either, but it's a similar anthology thing based on some of his short stories. Yeah. Mm. And then we have The Running Man, which I fucking love. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. This is this is hook up the 80s to my goddamn veins. <laughs> I'm a little more Total Recall than this movie, mm-hmm. but uh, they're both there. They're yeah. both right there. Like, yeah, it's it's 80s as fuck. Oh, it's so, oh, it's <laughs> so beautiful. Oh, my God. I love it so much um uh this this 80s excess fucking schwarzenegger at the top of his you know his pie like this is not the height of his popularity but it's getting there it's yeah, right yeah. there where he's about to become just this this thing this entity this brand or whatever i guess he's already gotten to the brand part but my god but yeah a uh, game show where they put criminals inside like a death fucking thing mm-hmm. and like there's all these gladiators that kill these criminals and of course people eat this up because hey those are filthy criminals yeah and they deserve this type of shit and everything i am shocked we have not gotten to running man stage in real life that's true yeah i am shocked me too me too um the uh because the i and and so of course we find out if you're gonna have if you're going to have a game show this corrupt, that's also the idea that the people inside that are being thrown into these arenas may be innocent mm-hmm. and they may do anything they can to change the story, which is what happens in this is mm-hmm. Ben Richards is the, uh, he uh, tell, tells his commander he's not going to bomb this group of people down there because they're fighting for food and all this. 
and they tell him to do it anyway because they're just filthy vermin down there. <laughs> and then so like uh, the, they have to wrest control of the helicopter from him and they actually go through with the bombing without him. But then he gets blamed for it. Yeah. And then he gets thrown into this arena. And then, of course, it's Schwarzenegger because he, he beats, beats ass. Yeah, because he's going to beat the fuck out of everybody. Jesse the Body Ventura is in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was set in 2017, by the way. <laughs> what? Well, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's not that far off. It's not that far it's When like- it came out, it was a ridiculous over-exaggeration. Yeah. But if you take that, like, obstacle course bullshit they do now with the, what do they call that? American Ninja Warrior? Yes. Mm-hmm. You cross that with the old Saturday morning tennis ball cannon show with the wrestlers. Oh, American Gladiators. American Gladiators. <laughs> we, we almost got there. It's just, just replaced the tennis balls with actual bullets. We're not doing death quite yet. <laughs> no. But we'd later get a video game called Smash TV, which had some of this element in it. Really? Where, mm. Do you ever, you ever play Smash TV? No. Do, you ever, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. It's a, It was a game that I believe Williams came out with that had two joysticks. And one controlled where you went, and one controlled where you fired. Oh. And so you would go into this four wall, you know, this uh, room, and there'd be four doors, and there would just be all these enemies that would come out. And while you're shooting them, shooting all these enemies, you know, prizes would come on, and all that. And like the, there was a, if you, if you enjoy Robocop, where's that one dude who's like, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy, there's a, an announcer in there that's like, I'd buy that for a dollar. Ah. All that so there's like some weird like connections to movies and smash tv mm. uh it was a hard as fuck game too. Uh, you almost <laughs> only exclusively played games that were hard as fuck yeah i always wanted that i wanted that challenge <laughs> oh i get it i get it yeah uh but uh but yeah um but yeah the running man hook it up to my goddamn veins yeah man. it's delightful yeah mm-hmm. it's it i think generally it's an average movie probably but if especially if you're around our age it's, yeah it's oh, an yeah. above average dance though yeah yeah oh, run yeah, a man on sure. that beat run a man <laughs> on that beat oh 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 uh the first uh pet cemetery came out in 1989 mm-hmm. no way was i ever gonna watch this shit oh well you were right uh mm-hmm. this movie sucks mary lambert directed it and uh she was a uh music video director i think mm. knew the ramones who did the theme right. song for it. um and uh this movie Fred Gwynn is is really really good in this, even though he's got this crazy accent. Oh yeah, uh, this movie, as bad as it is, is much better than the remake yeah. that came out later on. Even though Jason Clark Clark is much better than this poor bastard who's playing the main character in this version. Mm-hmm. It's just it's this is a, just a slightly better movie. I don't watch either of them. It's not very good. Yeah, I told I told you about the when I was in seventh grade, we somehow got to see this movie in school during Halloween. Right, <laughs> that's messed up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it doesn't really have any like it definitely doesn't have any sex. There was a point where I remember this. <laughs> I remember this like should we or shouldn't we were voting on it or whatever, and trying to tell the teachers it's okay. <laughs> I don't know how, I mean, seriously, there's no fucking way this shit should ever happen. But like somebody, somebody said, I think they say fuck once and that's it or something like that. And that's, and everything else is, <laughs> everything else is just violence or whatever. And <laughs> I think it, as long as we got, uh, permission slips, we were, we could watch it. Wow. Well, and go. we got it. We got it from our parents. And there that's the state of the American education system <laughs> 35 years ago. Yeah. Right. Imagine yeah. where it is today. Yeah. No kidding. Now they're watching porns. Well, yeah. well, why, why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. Got a sex ed? 
Well, here's how you do it. <laughs> You'll be watching this video. I'll be over smoking a cigarette. Um, <laughs> then Graveyard Shift, which I think was 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, uh, I saw this. I saw this at uh, the old Bellevue 3 uh, oh yeah, uh, Cineplex, which is now no, there's no theater. Is there a theater? There's not a theater there anymore. Not right? at that location. Not uh, the one that flooded. Uh, I don't know. No, no, that, no, that was the Bellevue 12 that uh, flooded. 12, yeah. The Bell, the Bellevue three turned into a. It was a car mic, and it turned into like an eight screen. At one oh, point. was that the same? Well, yeah, that one is no longer existing. Either. Yeah, and then it, I think I, we we actually saw a movie there. Uh, that was that one where uh, you were guys were standing in line, and mm-hmm. I and I walked up and I was like, "All right, guys, I'm going <laughs> to sit over here for a bit." Uh, but uh, I can't remember what movie we saw there. Fantastic Beasts. Oh, you remember the I movie? Do. Wow. I do. Um, but uh, it sucked. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Uh, graveyard shift's not good either. No, this movie it's got uh, Brad, uh, Brad, uh, Dorf? your boy Dorf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in there, and uh, that's the only thing I remember. He's yeah, he's like uh, an exterminator, aren't there? Oh, there's rats. There's a bunch of rats. Yeah, yeah. Fuck this movie. Yeah, yeah. Why'd they even make this? Yeah. Uh, then a really good one, Misery. Rob Reiner back again. I know he's seen. It's it's like he and Frank Darabont somehow like tap into a Stephen King consciousness and just make it happen. I've read this book and the, and watched this movie and this is, they're both excellent. Uh, I, I, and, and in fact, even, even some of the stuff they cut out of the book, I don't really mind that they cut mm. out of the book, even though there's, there's one thing in the book that I wish they had done a little bit more. You remember in the book, they, that he's writing that story for her mm-hmm. and he's like, I don't think he, does he end up doing that in the movie? Like that, that I think he, he, he writes the story, but there's a there's a plot point that he adds in there. He's like, I don't think I can bring this character back that she loves so much mm. and everything. And he starts thinking about like, oh, there's this certain kind of bee that stings you, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 like it makes a body look dead and and all that. Well, what if I just made this character that she loves be stung by this bee and <laughs> I could bring him back? Whatever. I, I don't think that's in the movie, but the movie is fantastic. You this is this right. Huh? You've seen this, right? Yeah, I just watched about 20 minutes of it two days ago, too. Um, this put Kathy Bates on the map for me. Indeed. And I don't know if that was the case for everyone. I, I think for <clears throat> most people. Because after that, she was pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like fried green tomatoes. and uh, But she... I mean, James Conn is fine. He's great. But she is the reason to watch this movie. Yeah. She's She flips that switch between rage and kindness so quickly but seamlessly... Like when she spills the soup on the bed, because she's screaming at him, then she sees the thing and she starts apologizing. Mm -hmm. Like that's creepier than if she was just screaming the whole time. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. She won the Oscar for this, Uh, so. uh, And it's the only Oscar ever to be given to a Stephen King adaptation. Really? Yes. Interesting. Uh, As of now, hit chapter two. You never know. But this is, of course, this is one of many. Stephen King has a writer as the as the (laughs) kidding man. Uh, but you have, uh, you know, he, I think, uh, he's, uh, right. He's driving along some, some icy road and he, he gets, uh, uh, into a wreck and she saves him and she just happens to be his number one fan and, uh, and then is taking care of him, but basically saying you need to write a new story for me or else you're not getting out of this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? you're right. Because movie sets up to where she's just taking care of him like mm-hmm. he's a wreck like a literal wreck after mm-hmm. he he mm-hmm. Uh, uh has the accident and you're like oh well that's that's cool i mean if he didn't know anything about the movie like it's set up to where like oh, that's cool she's helping him out and then like the switch flips and fucking 
shit goes down and it has that scene where she takes the like sledgehammer or whatever it is mm-hmm. that's one of the most like you know like ah yeah. tense moments you'll ever see in a movie so the hobbling scene if my memory serves you saw this recently so there's a little bit of sound but it's basically obviously it doesn't show any I think of that you see something briefly do you really? I didn't watch that scene. Mostly, all I remember is the last time I watched it was her swinging, and then it cut it to James Conn's face. Yeah, I think there's... And that's all you need. Now, I mean, yeah, there may I, be a quick cut I to remember, it. but maybe it could be that's how effective the movie is. I think I remember seeing just the slightest... Like, they take a split second where you see it hit. Whatever it is, man, it will make you fucking squirm. Yeah. Yeah. And I told you about... I told you about how <laughs> this is also in middle school. You'll wonder what the fuck middle school like i was going to we um me and a buddy uh, we were supposed to do some sort of like uh adaptation of a scene from a book that we'd read and we did misery <laughs> and i brought an axe to school <laughs> and, <laughs> and nobody You'd be arrested today i know and nobody knew that i'd brought this axe and uh and uh and uh, except for except for my buddy i was like we're gonna have the x well why why wouldn't we have the x and uh because i think in the book it's an axe in the in the movie i think they they changed it's a sledgehammer, it. it's a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, that we're doing that scene that for the best scene and everything, and uh, pull out the axe and the strobe light comes on and all sorts oh of my shit, God. and and people act, there were audible screams I'm in the sure. fucking room when we did it and oh. and uh and then afterwards got a talking to yeah, I, <laughs> I was gonna say that should have ended with a good grade and a scolding yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happened uh then we have the lawnmower man which apparently king has tried to disown or yeah they originally uh so this was 1992 and uh, they originally titled it Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man because uh, it's based off of one of his short stories. And uh, he sued. He, he found it so objectionable that he sued to get his name off of wow. it successfully. Well, good for him. He could afford it, I guess. Have, have you seen this movie? Is this the one with Jeff Fahey? Yes. This is the one with Jeff Fahey yeah, I have and Pierce it. Brosnan. I yeah. have seen it, but it was probably 25 years I ago. I saw all this oh. in theaters. Oh, wow. I remember it sucking ass. Yeah, I, I think it, at 15 when I saw this, I thought this was kind of cool because it was, you know, the, I think it was, was virtual reality and shit was in this at all. Or A little it, bit. It was more like mind control mind, and manipulation. Mm, I, I don't know. I think I remember thinking the technology in this was cool. So yeah. I was kind of on board with it. Uh, and also when you're 15 and you haven't been seeing R-rated movies, it's like, oh, well, this is good by default because I never get to see them. That's true. No, this is another one that, that involves the shop. Um, mm. And yeah, they have uh, some cyber sex, some cyber boogie. Uh, nice. Uh, Brett Brett Leonard, uh, who uh, <laughs> you with your computer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brett Leonard, who did Virtuosity later. Ah, oh, so he go. likes to tinker with the tech. Yeah, he does. Well, he's a tech tinker. <laughs> he's a tech tinkerer. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's. I don't. Yeah, I, I would imagine if I watched it today, I would be like, what a piece of turd. <laughs> They made this another is, one. This is piece of oh, turd. That's right. They made a lawnmower man too. So oh wow! Must be an audience. Wasn't Denzel in that? <laughs> no, that's virtuosity, which I want to watch now. Yeah, oh, right. I was like suddenly <laughs> want to watch this movie. Uh, the Dark Half. I actually read this book. I didn't see the movie though. I don't think this was ninety three. I really like this movie. Yeah. I like the I like the concept of this where like this is another writer. Stephen yeah, King, he's writer. a writer, and like his his version of himself on the page comes to life. 
and tries to fuck with his shit and all that stuff. Timothy and, Hutton. Yep. Uh, and uh, George A. Romero directed this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, guess a, I guess there's a possibility I saw this, but I don't remember it at all. Um, but uh, but yeah, what was the story again? So yeah, he's he's writing a version of himself as the protagonist of his story, who goes. It's like a Jack Reacher type of thing. He's a serialized character, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually, like he decides he's going to kill him off. But the the character has other ideas. Right, he's the dark half of yeah, the yeah, Timothy yeah. Hutton. And uh, he tries to, to come back and, like, kill his family. And, and then like later that. they made it into Stranger Than Fiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or that AHA video. Yeah, the, the AHA video. <laughs> uh, needful Things, which I actually watched for uh, the first time yesterday. What? Ooh. Yeah. What do you think? Uh Look at look at the, I, look at his anticipation. I'm very, because I haven't seen it probably since like late nineties, okay. early two thousands. Well, I loved it then, take, but I bet it doesn't hold uh, up. Uh, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, I, I am instantly like wrapped like a warm blanket whenever I see a movie from nineteen ninety three. Yeah, yeah. There's some. I, I, I was sixteen. I was working in movie theaters. Everything about the way film looks gets me back into that day and everything. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> doesn't matter if you suck. I love you. Um, uh, I would say this is a fun movie. Yeah, it's a fun story. Yeah, Max von Cito is very, very fun. Yeah, yeah. Ed Harris is taking this shit way too seriously. <laughs> I can totally see that. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> so Needful Things is uh, is about this small town, Castle Rock. Yep. Uh, which, um, uh, this, this guy, Max von Cito, who plays somebody named Munt or Munt or Munt. Gaunt. Gaunt. Something yes. like that. Nothing like Munt or Munt. <laughs> uh, Leland Goss. Yes. Um, and, uh, he comes into town and, and, uh, uh, opens up this shop called Needful Things. And so the first, uh, person who walks in is this kid who, uh, who, who he asks him, what do you want? And he's like, well, I don't know, like, uh, really, like, well, Mickey Mantle. And, and they go, well, Mickey Mantle. And somehow, some way, uh, he, he's able to make it seem like he was at a game that, that Mickey Mantle was playing mm. and that he signed a baseball card for him and all this other stuff. And, you know, Max Von Cito comes out and he's like, here's the card, 1956 Mickey Mantle mm-hmm. and everything. What would you do for that? And so it starts off, you know, oh, he's only got 95 cents. Well, if you do play a little trick for me, nobody will know that you did it. Uh, it's like the red paperclip game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Maybe. Guy yeah, yeah, starts with the red paperclip and ends up trading, making a series of trades. Oh, he gets, gets a, car. a house. <clears throat> yeah, I think it ends up with a house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he got into that famous yeah yeah for, for a bit yep yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember that that was a long time that was oh god that was that was pre-cinema yeah that yeah was, yeah that was like 2006 something like that mm-hmm. yeah uh but uh turns out that he um the the kid ends up ha- uh, like um getting a whole bunch of like mud and turkey shit and everything and like throws it up against this this like farmer and his wife's laundry that's hanging outside she thinks that it's somebody else that did it, that it's Amanda Plummer, who she hates for some reason, which I don't know if I ever quite got the the reasoning behind that. She hated Pulp Fiction. It, well, and yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is pre-Pulp Fiction, Amanda Plummer. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 
I know that Amanda Plummer's past is that she used to be married and she killed her husband for being abusive or something, mm-hmm. or it's at least implied when, so maybe there's a relate. I, I just, I didn't get that connection when I watched it, but she thinks it's her. So, so then she threatens to kill Amanda Plummer's dog. And so like, there's this sort of this weird, like, you know, spiraling snowball type of thing going on. People go into the shop, they want something. He gives it to them only if they do some sort of trick for him they it starts creating chaos in the town and there's all sorts of shit just going on jt walsh plays like a really fucked up like, yeah he's a scuzzball he's a yeah he's an absolutely just like yeah um he's just a there's no redeeming qualities to him at all uh he's like a he's a guy who's like gambling the town's money away and uh all this stuff but yeah, there's a point where Ed Harris at the end of this, cause he plays a cop and he's, he, he's just moved there from, uh, Vermont. No, it was Pittsburgh. He, he's moved there from Pittsburgh and, uh, he's fallen in love with Bonnie Bedelia and they're about to get married. And of course there's stuff with Bonnie Bedelia. She's got arthritis. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like she's trying to find a cure for that or well, maybe he can just get with her sister, Amelia. Oh yeah. Amelia <laughs> Bedelia for sure. Sorry. Yeah, not everything I think of should come out of my mouth. Yeah, there's a scene though towards the end where town is going under fucking chaos. It's mm-hmm. like it's like every it's like everybody's looting and <laughs> sorts of shit. And uh, there's a point where like the the Catholic priest and the Baptist pastor guy are about to get into some thick throwdown. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. and he has and the guy pulls a gun on him and he's like no nobody's gonna get killed blah 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 everybody needs to stop and he's just like going on this big like <laughs> i mean i guess you would do this but it just he's like you're you're almost like the way this the tone of this movie is you're like dude calm down <laughs> <laughs> yeah this uh i i can imagine that it doesn't hold up all that great but like just the the story, and like you from that era, like it's just kind of like a cozy thing. Yeah, man. And Max von Sydow, I remember being really creepy and just manipulative and shit yeah. like that. And there, and he's, I mean, he's essentially the devil. Yeah, he's the devil. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those where he's like, oh, what would you do for this? And he's very <laughs> nice. Everybody, everybody, everybody's kind of like, oh, he's such a nice old man and everything. But uh, yeah, then he, he sows the seeds of chaos. I don't remember in the movie, in the book, uh, they have a secondary henry bowers type uh uh uh, antagonist Mm -hmm. and i believe it was ace who was the bully in stand by me Mm -hmm. but it may not be in in fact i don't think it's in the movie anyway uh then he did the shawshank redemption and we can skip over that the mangler no um, (laughs) the shawshank redemption which was based on the rita hayworth and the shawshank redemption short story that he wrote have you read that i have never read that no um uh, this is probably the best. This is easily the best movie on this list. Yep. Um, uh, and we have Stand By Me here, and we have The Shining. Um, this is Frank Darabont's second feature film. Mm-hmm. He did The Woman in the Room in 1983, but like pretty much his big league premiere. That's insane. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah. And it's probably, I think Frank Darabont's career is very interesting because you can see. You can see, I feel like he's a man that needs to be left alone. Yeah, I think so. And this was not expected to be IMDb's highest rated movie of all time (laughs) when they were making this movie. Maybe they thought some, you know, awards recognition certainly didn't make a lot of money in the box office. Um, So uh, there was probably a lot of freedom. There wasn't a lot of studio 
interference. And then, mm. you know, the, the Walking Dead thing just makes me think, because he made a first season of The Walking Dead that was spectacular pretty great yes. and then you know the they literally said okay we, we, to save money we want the whole next season to be set on one farm <laughs> and he was that. like well that, that doesn't make any story <laughs> sense and so he's ousted yeah. ends up suing them but you know in the times when he has been left alone to do his thing like this movie and green mile to for the most part uh he hits home runs yep yeah yep. and uh yeah this movie did not make a lot of money although i think it finally like ended up making a decent amount because of the Oscars, which is not something that really happens today. There used to be an Oscar effect back in 1994 and everything. Uh, so it ended up making a decent amount. It never was a huge hit, though. Uh, and mainly because of its name. And poor Tim Robbins was in this and the Hudsucker Proxy the same year. Oh, uh, and they're both two of my favorite movies. Yeah. Ever. This would be one of those years that would be interesting to see if you just redid the Oscars of 1994 no kidding man. would you have pulp fiction and shawshank going at it where while forrest gump would just be looking to the side mm -hmm. or would people still be like forrest gump man i think most people probably would not us but i think most people no probably I, would. I, I i honestly don't know i think this would be a different situation you this think? year i mean if you did it this year um uh, i think there would still be a lot of support for forrest gump but uh, I think there would be more support for Shawshank mm. and Pulp Fiction than for back then. A movie about a uh, wrongly accused man, depression in prison, uh, it's surprisingly quotable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Like, just yesterday, my wife and I were disagreeing on how a piece of kitchen equipment worked. And at one point I said, Red, I do believe you're talking out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's super quotable. Uh, I think I tweeted a few months ago, like, you can ask what's the best scene in Shawshank, and there's like, 12 scenes people could answer and i wouldn't have i wouldn't have a thing to say against it yeah, yeah you could yeah. say the scene where he's on the roof and finally gets his hooks in the, the guard you could say the scene where he plays the records uh it just goes on and on mm -hmm. and on it's such a delight i love the this final movie. scene the final the, that shot of the going through the poster yeah to the yeah. tunnel and everything god damn this yeah, is that thomas newman score is fucking amazing yeah it is yep. so yeah, it good is. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption is fucking ridiculously good. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen that fucking movie, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Well, a lot of these are like, you know, you could argue that the book is better than the movie. You know, maybe The Shining is the exception. This one, the book or the short story is fine. It's very good. Mm -hmm. It's it's basically the movie, but the movie is just in a whole different, you know, universe. Yeah, it's just one of those magical things where everything came together. Yep uh and then and then yeah same thing with the mangler I that did, exactly you know <laughs> now that's the one about the garbage disposal that goes easy <laughs> <I, laughs> you can make that case and be like yeah problem with uh toby hooper uh wrote and directed this one um i didn't see it though i didn't either i don't even remember it coming out actually nope uh, I think I remember seeing the, uh, the like the the trailer for it maybe, but I don't remember it coming out. Uh, came out in 1995, but yeah, I didn't see it. Uh, I saw Dolores Claiborne, but I do not remember a fucking thing. About oh it. man, this movie's intense. Yeah, did you ever see this? No, but it's Kathy Bates again, right? It's Kathy Bates and Jennifer Jason Leigh playing like her daughter. Skeletons in the closet of the family, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's much more dramatic. I th I don't even think there's a supernatural element to it. Oh yeah. She gets arrested and charged with elder death. Basically, she's taking care of this older woman, mm. 
and uh, because she's found like over the body with a with a, a rolling pin. Oh, I've seen Matlock. Those people are never guilty. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the tip of the iceberg. This whole reason that she does this and all that stuff. And then Jennifer Jason Lee's phenomenal in this mm-hmm. movie. Both of them are. Um, she comes in and then yeah, skeletons in the closet and stuff like that. This movie's excellent. Hmm. Taylor Hackford, who's yeah. known for Devil's Advocate, that's right in these parts. <laughs> Officer and a gentleman, but mostly Devil's mostly Advocate. Devil's Advocate. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I remember there was an actual reference to Shawshank in this movie because there's a point where Kathy Bates says, Shawshank Prison. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a point where Kathy Bates says we're going to send you to Shawshank. Yeah, and that it's it's very quickly dusted aside, but that was a little reference. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. He's done that. I think Shawshank hasn't Shawshank referenced in another book too. Think so. Casually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prison. And that is the thing with with King is that a lot of his uh, his books do have are on the in the same world. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of them take place in Salem or whatever. Uh, is it Salem? It's not Salem. Well, Castle Rock is one. Is it Castle Rock? Only? Is it? It's not just Castle Rock, but is it all over Maine? God, what is maybe the- it is? Maybe maybe Castle Rock is the main. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all around a, Maine and New England. Yeah, and he you know, he'll reference things throughout other books that mean that we're in other. Yeah, you know, and that. that's not even getting into the whole Dark Tower thing yeah. because he started writing the Gunslinger in the seventies, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but was never it was never even everybody was talking about adapting it, including him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it just kind of came out with references. Actually, we'll get to Hearts in Atlantis and like uh, uh, Dreamcatcher that there's oblique references in the movies but they never really did anything until the dark tower in 2017 mm-hmm. uh then oh, thinner oh what a bad movie this is a terrible movie and it's gross yeah um is this a movie where eddie murphy says thank you i'm fatter i mean flatter <laughs> <laughs> shortly yes. before he goes on jenny craig yes. It's, yes it's funny i think this did come out the same year as nettie professor Probably, yeah what is it it was uh 96 96 yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is true uh Thinner stars Michael Constantine. Actually, the main guy, I can't remember the main people in it, but it's this guy, he pisses off this gypsy guy, Michael Constantine plays. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, and then I, I do remember there was a very, very hot Carrie Wurr was in this movie oh, too. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Wurr. yeah, Wurr. Carrie Wurr. The, Wurr. the rural juror. The rural juror. Didn't she, was, she was with, uh, Val Kilmer for a while, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. She was with, um, George Clooney. Oh, because she shows up in no, or is it Krista Allen that she was he was with? I Krista Allen. It was Krista Allen yeah. he was with. I don't know if Val Val Kilmer was with Joanne Wally for a long oh, time, but I don't. I think Wally and Were are getting confused in my head. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, um, it's 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 this uh, like he pisses off this gypsy guy and he's like, uh, oh, he, he does he kill the he runs over his daughter I think. Yeah, I believe so. And then so he's like, I curse you and you'll be and he goes thinner whatever and so like this guy gets progressively thinner no matter how much he eats yeah and yes thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner um, the opposite of seven yes it's the opposite of seven uh <laughs> the night flyer Ooh. i didn't i don't know this one at all this one i'd never even heard of it's got Mer- miguel ferrar ferrer yeah 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 ferrer ferrer uh and uh i don't even remember it coming out it got panned uh weirdly enough leonard malton gave it a generally positive yeah review. that's the only thing i know about this movie okay uh mostly because of miguel ferrer's performance mm-hmm. uh apt people which i did see this is brian singer Whew. 
Uh, yeah, this is fucked up. Yikes. This movie's, this movie's uh, fucked up. Yeah, Ian McKellen and Brad Renfro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I remember Ian McKellen is like some former Nazi guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's all I remember. <laughs> Do you remember this movie? I think the kid is there on some kind of community service deal a a, and oh, figures oh. out that he used to be a Nazi and then holds it over him. And forces him to relive his Nazi days yeah. for his own rocks off in enjoyment. Boy yeah. blackmails his neighbor after yeah. suspecting And him. then, yeah, <laughs> and it, oh, this movie's just uncomfortable all the way through because, like, he gets off on the Nazi stories and then Ian McKellen doesn't, like, is is his... His soul is hurting because he's reliving these things, but he actually did these things. And then it turns into this whole thing where, you know, he has the upper hand on Brad Renfro's character and forces him to be a better student. And it's just gross. It's a gross movie. It's, it's very effective. In fact, it's well acted and everything, but it's, it's gross. And mm. this was his follow up to the usual suspects, too. This wow. is right yeah, after yeah, he did so. usual suspects. He did app people. 98. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw it. I don't remember anything about it other than McKellen at one point. He's, he's, he's got to do some of his Nazi stuff mm -hmm. in front of him and everything. It's, it's like a terrifying performance. Yeah. Uh, cause he's doing all this like stuff he had to do back in the day. And that's all I really remember about it. But. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a well done movie, but it's uncomfortable. Uh, Darabont comes back with the green mile. I watched this again the other day. Yeah. I love this movie. Yeah. It's a you great know, movie. The only, the only thing I don't like about this movie, and this is, this is, I'm about to say one of the stupidest things I've ever said. I'm not sure I like the color filter. Mm. The, 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 I got you. The colors pop a little too bright, and I feel like it needs Shawshank's filter on the camera. I don't know. Maybe. I, no, maybe, no, no, I could, I could dig it. You know I could what I'm saying? It. Yeah, yeah. The like, yellows are very yellowy. Yeah, my, man, uh, this movie's awesome. Mm -hmm. I really liked it. Like first time I saw it, I was like, that was pretty good. And then like the fourth time I saw it, I was like, oh man, Michael Clark Duncan is so good. Yeah. yeah the uh, it's weird because it it all hinges like it's it's basically first of all the the camaraderie between or the chemistry between David Morse and Tom Hanks and the other guy uh, Barry Pepper yeah mm -hmm. uh, is terrific mm -hmm. right. And everybody knows what the pecking order is, but they all get along. They get along with the the inmates and everything. And then right when Sam Rockwell comes in, the whole movie changes mm -hmm. because then you start getting in the supernatural stuff. Tom Hanks fucks his wife a bunch, and like you got <laughs> you got like all this this different. You've got that terrible scene with uh, dude with the the uh, the mustache from Evening Shade. The, with the rat, Mr. Jenks. Oh, Michael Jeter. Michael Jeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Evening Shade? You're right. No, I never saw it. Okay, Shade. anyway. Um, but yeah, the whole movie turns on that, but it, it picks up the pace. Yep. And it's less about like the camaraderie between the, the, the guys as it is like the actual story going forward. Mm -hmm. I love this movie. Yeah. Yeah, the way it resolves the... the what's his name? John Coffey? Is that his mm -hmm. name? The way it resolves his story to show the viewer... Yeah, he definitely didn't murder those little yeah, girls. Yeah, yeah. They they show you footage of why he had them in his arms and had their blood on his hands because he was trying to use his fucking touchy powers yep. to heal them. Yeah, but humans who don't know about touchy powers are definitely putting that guy on death row. Mm -hmm. And that happens not at the very end, but towards it's, the very yeah, it's end. Not right? at, like they it's not really the hold thing. it. Yeah, they do because it's a long movie. They hold it out because even though you sympathize with this character. You still think that you he don't, did? Yeah, this. you don't really know. Yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, it's a devastating movie too. The, just the uh, the idea that he's fine with being executed too, 
and his reasonings for that mm-hmm. and everything are, are devastating uh but yeah this movie's really 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 good it's got a huge cast in it it's uh gary sneeze pops up in there too oh yeah well his yeah, wife right. that he has sex with a lot is bonnie hunt bonnie hunt that's right yeah he you has bonnie a, they has a uh, uh sex with her a bunch of times because he's he's got this uh what he's got a, a prostate problem or something i think it's like a like a uti like a urinary tract infection yeah and it's one of those things where tom hanks always has to have something uh, involving peeing in his movies <laughs> that scene is fucking hilarious by the way because he's a fucking death row guard captain guy mm-hmm. and coffee's like come here boss yeah come here boss closer closer and he's like okay yeah oh he gives him a cookie or something like that and he fucking grabs his yeah crotch. yeah he does. <laughs> and he doesn't he's like he's uncomfortable he's like coffee what are you doing yeah and then he sucks up all the you yeah know. and then he goes and uh yeah they they have sex a bunch and bonnie hunt's like oh my god it's been four times or something yeah, like yeah. that yep uh yep. that's what that whole movie's about it's about a man struggling with his prostate and his inability to fuck with his I'll wife i'll tell you what there's a lot of time spent on his pee-pee though mm-hmm. like they, he's it's always Tom Hanks, going, man what is the deal with that is that i i that people brought that up before right that tom hanks is always doing something with peeing in his movies what is the, what are the other big examples league of their own oh yeah um uh there's a lot of them but i'm, I'm not i'm gonna blank I bet forrest he pees gump. in terminal oh forrest yeah. gump um <laughs> I bet. I, no i'm sure there is i'm sure there's a part um uh there's there's just always something with him peeing <laughs> in these movies and so like um and there's and there's way more than i'm thinking of mm-hmm. right now uh but uh but i'm wondering if that's a thing he really like needs to have in the script or <laughs> if it's something that just ha- it's a, a weird coincidence like that's such a weird thing to want to have in all your movies i yeah. think in, in this particular story i think that's part of the the book itself it is but yeah it's weird that it comes up again yeah but it's all the other stuff oh apollo 13 oh, oh wow. yeah. yeah that's right that's right um the constellation you ride <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, Hearts in Atlantis. I never saw this. Oh, fuck this movie. This movie's boring as shit. Yeah. Hearts in Atlantis sounds yeah. more like a Madonna Guy Ritchie team up than <laughs> a Stephen King. Now, this is Anthony Hopkins, and uh, it, it goes nowhere. Now, this was supposed to... I actually read this book, um, and it was supposed to kind of fit in with the Dark Tower universe, but since there was no cinematic Dark Tower universe... Movie's just completely aimless. Hmm. Yeah, it's, hmm. it's balls. Yeah, Scott Hicks, who did Shine, directed this Shine. one. Shine! Uh, Dreamcatcher, which will always be, to me, the fucking movie that everybody complained about, the uh, Animatrix being on the beginning of it. <laughs> um, I like this okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's one of those aver- most average movies ever type movies. It's a little gross, isn't it? Uh, the, like, slippery eel, creature, like, grossness. Creature gross. Jason Lee's, Jason Lee's stuff. Is it uh, what you got? Morgan Freeman and is it Aaron Eckhart is in this? No, it's uh your boy. Uh, it's uh, Band of the, Brothers. No, Thomas Jane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas Jane. It's, it's it's if it's not Aaron Eckhart, it's Thomas Jane. No, Thomas and, Jane uh, is in the Mist. He is, but he's also in this. Oh, and uh, Damian Lewis from uh, Homeland. No, Damian Damian Lewis and uh, Marky Mark's brother. Oh, oh uh, the, one of the Wahlbergs in here, Donnie. Donnie, and Timothy Oliphant is in this too. <clears throat> uh, and there's like a Morgan Freeman at the end or something. There is there? Yeah. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Yeah. So not presidential but still military official Morgan Freeman. <laughs> uh Secret Window. I never saw this. This is another writer one though. You never saw this one? I never saw this. Man, I've seen this movie probably twelve times. Yeah. 
I don't know why. I've had the ending ruined for me already, but... uh, Well, you'll see it coming a mile away anyway. Uh, It's it's fun. It's a fun movie. John Turturro is the the antagonist. I think I always just flipped this in my mind with Secret Garden, and I'm not just trying to be funny. I don't think I've ever seen this because I think I thought those two were the same movie. Hmm. Yeah, no, they're they're, they're different. different. Yeah, no, I get that. Secret Window is, is about a writer who... Of course, has writer's block, so he goes to a cabin in the woods, and somebody accuses him, John Turturro's character accuses him, of stealing his story for his last most famous one. Oh. He's married to Maria Bello, but they're estranged, and uh, it's it's very entertaining. It's very bottle episode-y. It's, it's nothing of super big consequence, mm-hmm. but Johnny Depp actually gives a very good performance in this. David Kep, Johnny Depp. David Kep directed this. Uh, he did a movie called The Trigger Effect, which I don't think we've mentioned before. It's great. <laughs> I love. Yes. Came out in '96. Seen that? Uh, it's a one of these like it's a post. It's like apocalyptic type of uh, story where everybody's trying to. Fend- it doesn't have zombies or anything like that. It's just it's it's the apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Michael Rooker's in it. Uh, was it? Uh, it's it's Dermot Moroney, I think, and Elizabeth Shue. It's a good um, movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it doesn't it doesn't really Kyle McLaughlin's in it. Um but like it's one of those movies that came it came out and I don't think anybody it's got a 5.7 on the IMDb, so maybe it just doesn't it's not as good as I thought it I remember it being, but um he did that and he also did Stir of Echoes, which I really enjoyed and cool. um, uh and uh, he did premium rush and he did mort the guy mortikai um <laughs> but he's but but kep is probably still best known for writing the screenplays for jurassic park and oh, yeah. mission impossible and, and the toby mcguire spider-man it's pretty good uh writing the bullet i don't know this at all i don't know this either uh 1408 which is a really good movie this the uh, christopher columbus one with sigourney weaver <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> oh wait that's 1492 yeah 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 i mean it's still this i mean who would who would know the difference this movie is fucking awesome man yeah. i was not expecting anything you've seen this movie right mm-hmm. sammy jackson is the hotel clerk and john cusack is the guy who investigates haunted rooms yes, yes although this movie thinks it's clever and it's not oh come on why the last 20 minutes went exactly as I expected him to go. All right. Because there's no, I'm not sure there's any other way it can go. Once he <sighs> leaves the room. I'm trying to remember, because I saw it fairly recently. I'm trying to remember the very, very ending. I mean, it's old enough. He, do, he doesn't find a way. Does he find a way out of it? Yeah, we can spoil it. I he mean, finds a way out of it and then finds out all along he was still in it. It was a fictional way out. It's like that. Uh, it's like that fucking Sherlock Escape Holmes room? episode of Star Trek Next Generation. So he's still in the room. That's right. Yeah, he's still in the room, but he thinks he's gotten out and saved his, his daughter and yeah, all that Yeah, and the shit. very end is he finds he realizes he's still in the room. That's that's kind of clever. I'm not saying... I'm. Uh, well, yes, if it was the first story I'd ever seen. <laughs> but if the Maybe whole thing... too clever for if this If the movie. whole thing is the room makes you hallucinate shit that's scary, and then you get away from it, of course you didn't get away from it i've seen I, movies no, i mean before. the whole movie is the fact the whole movie to me is the fact that he's so in disbelief of this that there's no way that this could be you know anything approaching reality when in fact you know he fucks with the wrong marine and sammy jackson is there to like actually warn him being like no if you do this you'll 
trap yourself in the multiverse or whatever it is cusack's been debunking all sorts of haunted houses and then he goes into this one is why should this be any different Mm -hmm. and uh and it turns out it's completely different from Mm -hmm. what i liked it oh you're allowed to like it i'm sorry i wasn't saying it was bad did you like it chris yeah i remember liking it Uh, i can see where jeremy's coming from though saying lincoln was pretty predictable too but Uh, i still enjoyed it yeah i mean in titanic i mean that was um the mist uh is another one that i think everybody in this room likes yes and i don't know if everybody else does in the world but uh it's one of those that it's frank darabont again yep um this is great and maybe and and is it is it possible though that we think it's great because of how it ends yeah yeah yeah, entirely because i think entirely well for me i haven't read the book but from what i understand the book does not end that way. no it doesn't um and um i guess darabont must have had his king's blessing to do that because that makes the movie for it does me. otherwise it's just a the, regular the cgi king story. is not very good yeah. marcia gay harden needs to dial it back about 20 percent <laughs> um and it's it's just okay that ending is fucking awesome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it makes no sense he could because yeah. until he runs into the monsters right. he should be because the whole thing is him getting out of this situation yeah i understand that you're losing hope but you sh- if you're gonna lose hope you should have lost hope back at the fucking shop yeah but yeah, really. uh, but yeah, i love it i love it it just makes no fucking yeah, sense i believe the short story ended with sort of this ambiguous like the mist was still there and the people had to people had to survive it he didn't really have an ending to it it was mm. very open-ended uh you know so um yeah i don't think i don't think it had like a definite uh whatever it just mist was there and it's been it's still there today mm-hmm. and uh, the movie's got big old hairy nuts yeah, I, don't, I don't know if i've seen very many mainstream just straight up movies that would that would have the the balls to do this oh yeah yeah i i feel like there was somebody screaming in his ear you can't kill children and he was like <laughs> watch me. yeah yeah uh dolan's cadillac i don't know this at all yeah this was a canadian uh, crime film featuring christian slater all right and west bentley two of the most famous canadians ever that's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that's right and emmanuel varier all right i don't yeah, know who that yeah. is yeah. but uh oh is it vert what is it spelled vert no it's spelled uh v-a-u-g-i-e-r no t's then i don't know her uh then yeah then the remake of carrie came out we talked about that a good marriage don't know this one either uh this one i've never seen this one either it's joan allen and uh anthony lapaglia okay and then mercy i don't know this one at all it's a sequel to misery ah ah. (laughs) she she's just super nice he's got some sort of m trilogy going on (laughs) this is a blumhouse movie um and uh i'd never seen it either it's francis o'connor and chandler riggs um so i don't know if it's hmm. any good yeah i and i'm and i'm having a hard time coming up with it on the imdb right away too well i'm sure there's a million mercies well no but i mean even when i like press return after i say mercy and it gives me usually gives me the top possible listings mercy doesn't even show <laughs> right. it was shitty uh sell I, I i don't i haven't seen this either oh, i think i remember this, the book yeah coming i read out. the book uh this is uh your russell brand like oh god you know like the 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 cell phone kills it, it actually doesn't kill you it turns you into a zombie oh with john cusack yeah it's cusack and uh, samuel l jackson again and it's like the darkest movie ever shot it is super fucking dark you're I right i saw half of this and i got annoyed it is well because of the how dark it was yes. yeah, yeah yeah but it's also fucking ludicrous so he wrote the book in 2006 where it made a certain amount of sense that john cusack did not use a cell phone when the whole 
pulse thing went out that turned everybody into mm-hmm. zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 2014 or whatever this was, uh, 2016 actually, just makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, so, that's weird. Yeah. It, this, this movie, the book is interesting and, and pretty good. Uh, the movie is really shitty. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, the Dark Tower. Which Talk is, about shitty. This is, this is one of the most disappointing movie experiences ever. It doesn't know what it is. Yeah, um, I think I think Idris Elba is a perfect uh, gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Matthew McConaughey is the best villain to be in this. See, I thought he was all right. I mean, I mean the, he's the fine. Character, he's fine. The character's shitty. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't. I really don't see him playing this guy. But it doesn't really matter. You're right. It doesn't matter. Uh, from what I understand from you, now I, I've read only the first three books in the dark tower series so i didn't read that whole thing uh this was trying to cram every one of those books into one movie yeah yeah it was mm. and that's i mean that's maybe twelve thousand pages i'm being probably conservative it, it may be more than that it's seven books the longest i believe is uh the uh the fourth one um and man there's just there's there's way too much nuance even if you are going to distill it down to a singular story just do the gunslinger mm-hmm. you've read the gun gunslinger is a great story It'd be a great movie that has a beginning middle and an end an end that sets up you know a whole series but just do that fucking thing this is one of those uh after effects right of trying to make a a, a franchise or whatever where i guess they decided oh we're not going to try to make all these movies so let's just make one big one and then they were supposed to make some tv series yeah. And if you're if you're making a movie with the idea that there's going to be a TV series later, then you're fucking your movie up. You're going in the wrong direction, too. Right, exactly. It starts in the mo- it starts in the middle of a story. It it's not even the Dark Tower story. It just starts in the middle where mm-hmm. like his dad is dead and like, you know, there's the Jake character and there's all this stuff. It starts really in the middle of the series with yeah. no background on it. Yeah uh yeah it's it's real shitty and i hate seeing idris elba in, in bad movies <laughs> i do too uh it chapter one obviously it chapter two came out earlier uh this year uh or three months ago um yeah the first one is awesome it is the it's, second one is not that awesome uh, on this list it's probably behind the shining and shawshank and stand by me is probably my favorite mm. of all these okay yeah yeah the uh yeah the first it is uh is excellent it's well well made got great effects in it so scary it's uh you know everything that you want and then it Mm -hmm. chapter two is kind of like uh the circus show i want to watch it chapter two again sure to see if like maybe i was too hard on it Mm -hmm. but i think I, i probably wasn't i think it was just disappointing in so many different ways after our mini pod on that people were uh, pointing out that a lot of the stuff that happened in the movie did actually occur in the book but i haven't read the book in forever and i just don't like the way they i mean i just don't like the way it, it i think in i think in general it suffers from the original material because that first yeah. half is so good yeah and then the second half when you start making them adults and you're just you don't have the same feeling for them they're fucking shitty adults at that point they yeah. are you know yeah. the chemistry is bad you know there's no real focus on the backstory especially with bev mm-hmm. and yeah i mean they they spend a lot more time on richie's character than really probably anything else mm-hmm. and that one doesn't even pay off all that much yeah mm-hmm. uh 
Gerald's Game. I remember the book coming out. I don't remember this movie, though. Oh, you didn't see this? No. This movie's awesome. This is on Netflix. I think it was a Netflix release. Have you seen this, Jeremy? Mm -mm. So it's Carlo Gugino and uh, Bruce Greenwood not playing the president. He's oh. playing uh, Gerald. Okay. By the way, cut the fuck up in this movie. Wow. Yeah. He is fucking like Marky Mark. All right. Cut up. He's like in his sixties, I guess. Right. Um. He seems like he's been in his sixties for like twenty years. He is now. Yeah. He's sixty-three. What it is is it's a. I believe it's only two characters. It's just uh, Carlo Gugino and and him. He's Gerald. And he takes her uh, to rekindle their romance to a cabin, uh, handcuffs her to the bed to play some some sexy times. But his sexy time is a rape fantasy, mm. and she ain't into that. He gets out of the picture very quickly, and she's stuck there. And it's like a Seinfeld episode, right? But <laughs> but it but it turns into <laughs> what did she say? Seven dollars? <laughs> I spent my whole afternoon for seven dollars. But uh, Carla Gugino gives an unfucking believable performance. Really, on this. she is. Uh, it, it's a really really good movie. There's a little bit of gore in there, so maybe you probably wouldn't be a fan of it. But Chris, I think this is right up your alley. Yeah, I might like this. Uh, yeah, it's really 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 good. All right. <clears throat> uh 1922 which i haven't seen this is on netflix as well it is that's uh i think thomas jane uh making a trifecta yeah uh yeah thomas jane is in this he's uh, a farmer that kills his wife the farmer kills his wife the mm. oh yes yeah that's how the song goes i hear this is very good i haven't seen it huh. and we have talked about pet cemetery and it chapter two and then there's finally it in the tall grass which i haven't seen it's also on netflix just came out in early october mm -hmm. uh i hear great things about this well i hear good things about this actually um this is patrick wilson and rachel wilson oh yeah, well know. there you go i don't know who rachel knows. yeah no neither um okay so there you go stephen king <laughs> stephen king nailed it yeah, and see right. yeah uh yeah maybe there's some movies on here we said we didn't watch that you guys have seen out there and uh tell us uh if there's some that we should watch that we or or maybe we gave some short shrift or maybe we praised something that shouldn't have been praised yeah i don't know you need to come and tell us yeah and we will have seen most likely at least chris and i will have seen dr sleep by the time this actually posts um and i'm looking forward to it are you looking forward to it i am now because there's all these good reviews for yeah. it. well and it's also mike flanagan who did uh not only haunting of hill house but also did gerald's game yeah yeah um well so and uh king loves this uh dr oh really yeah and it, i read a pretty interesting article about the the threading of the needle that flanagan had to do to sort of <laughs> to balance the sides. Well, he's got to pay some kind of tribute to the original because he's following that up. Yeah. But King hated that. Yeah, yeah. But also he wants to make a Mike Flanagan film, which King you know, liked Gerald's game, apparently, a uh -huh. great deal. And uh, so, yeah, apparently he pulled off a, min a miniature mi miracle by making this sequel that King loves, um, even though it's uh, different but same as the but, original. Yeah. That's something that comes up quite often with King uh, with directors, and I think that's how Darabont got Shawshank. Was oh. there was a uh, he did something he did there was a, I think there was a this could be an urban legend for all I know, but there was a, a thing where Stephen King said if anybody wanted to adapt his works and he, and if you wanted to like make a short film or something and send it to him. He would he would look at it and be like, oh, okay, you know, you're good. Okay, I'm good with that huh. or whatever. And I'll, I'll have to look this up at some point. But I think Darabont sent him something. Oh wow! Before he got Shawshank, 
and King was like, yeah, man, you would be the perfect person to direct this or something like that. So I I don't know if he still does that or ever did that, but that was some urban legend thing. I'm going to throw it out there into the world. (laughs) Might might not even be true. I might be making it up. Who knows? It's true now. I'm not even looking. Yeah. I'm not even looking. And I'm spent. um that'll do it for this week go to syncast presented by cinema sins on facebook uh go to cinema sins twitter music video sins twitter we're on reddit we're on discord and there's a link on uh, reddit uh if you want to go to go there and find the uh, link for that or you want to go to facebook ask for a private message i'll i'll give you give you a link uh to discord if you want to get on discord for Um, now we're still on facebook right yep yeah we're and and probably for the uh, for a while Mm -hmm. i mean it it, there seems to be enough people on there right now who only use that to communicate with us so got some good feedback though right i think as long as uh i think as long as uh i'm not using it as a tool for Mm -hmm. news and stuff like that and i'm just making comments and stuff it's it's gonna be perfectly fine even though i hate using it yeah yeah uh so there's that and we're also on soundcloud as well that's so, right um but uh anything else we need to talk about uh, i guess it that'll do it for this week it's chris atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com So I, I actually went to this dentist. I don't go to this guy anymore, but he was recommended by a lady I work with. And I go, he's, he's like, you got some cavities. We'll make an appointment, come back and clean my teeth. And then uh, I left. I go back and she's like, so did the shaky hands kind of scare you? And I was like, what? <laughs> and apparently the dude has like kind of a shaky thing. But when he gets down to business, he's all solid. And I was like, shot I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not going back there. <laughs> Can I ask you guys uh, like a, a point of etiquette or maybe just share a weird story? Yeah. Uh, b- b- yes. So I'm going into Dunkin' Donuts this morning. Drive through is slow as hell. Go into the thing, and it's early in the morning. So I get out of my car. I walk in. There was somebody that had pulled in before me, like thirty seconds. So I figured they're going to be in front of me. That's fine. She is sitting in her car though, and I'm coming up, about to hit the door. As soon as I get to the door, she pops out of the car, and she's right there. Now I'm technically in front of her. And I could have just kind of like gone in and everything. I do this weird thing, though, when I'm walking into a, a place where I check my zipper. Like I do a little like phantom like like guy right there. Just Every to guy make sure in the that world does up. that. Yeah. Everybody does that? I do. Okay. okay. Only because my zipper's been down so many different times in my life. Oh, I, I have a pretty I, good I record. I, I have a not. pretty good record of <laughs> you don't check it? No. Okay. Like, I mean, I mean. Yeah, I mean, if it's down, the 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 chances of you just having everything exposed or is insane. So like, that's true. So like, I don't really care. I mean, if someone says, "Hey, your zipper's down," like, oh, okay, whatever. So I don't, I don't go go around checking it. No. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's never down, but I always check it just to make sure. And so I, I get to the point where this this very attractive woman is walking in. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm going to, so I, I'm simultaneously checking the zipper as I always do. Nice. And then I'm opening the door. I realize that motherfucker's all the way down and 
these jeans are, are to where they expose a little mm. bit more than just your standard mm. thing. And it's wide the fuck open. Right. So I have this thing where now I'm like, hey, I'm opening the door. And then I've got my fucking hand jammed down my crotch. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she noticed, but there was a pause. Yeah. She kind of looked and she was like, thank you. And so, like, then I had to shut the door, zip up, because, you know, it, it, it was a weird thing. And so she probably thinks I, I'm <laughs> pleasuring myself. You got a weird thing going on there. <laughs> yeah. And then we have to stand in line for, like, probably, you know, another and, two and a half minutes. And then you have to go back in and say, no, no, it's not you. It's the Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, get exactly. so turned on by the donuts. <laughs> crispy, yeah, I came, home, I came home from a regular dental cleaning once, and my wife said, hey, your zipper's down. I was like, oh, shit. What, the whole time? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't take it down. While I was there, is that pastrami? <laughs> yes, I find pastrami to be the most sensual of meats, <laughs> the salted cured meats. Or um, I woke up early because that fucking daylight savings. Because that's how I go. I woke up early. Yes, because oh, yeah. the sun was at six thirty in the sky where it usually is at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate the sun. Well, and and my fucking cats think it's the fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they don't care. Shit. They, it, it's five thirty, and they're like, "This is the usual time, right?" <laughs> Stop being a dick and get the food out. That seems like it wasn't a Jeremy movie. No, I could see. I I, th- I can see exactly why you'd think that. I just uh, you know, it may have been one of those days where. I just didn't want to watch Apollo 13 for the 58th <laughs> time, and I thought I'd check something new out. It's, uh, it's been forever since I've seen the original Old Boy. I haven't seen the remake. Old Boy is the similar like setup, right? Like He's been buried underground in this, in this plush thing for like one room thing for years, yes, right? Yes. And then he comes out and he gets the they revenge. They let him out after 20 years. 20 years, yeah. yeah. I think it's 20, because um, I think that's have – you, have you all seen Old Boy? I've seen enough of Old Boy that I usually just say I've seen Old Boy. Okay, you I've seen see, the original. You didn't yeah. see the Spike Lee one, right? No. Okay, no. yeah. The, the the original one is the one to go for, but uh, but it's just long enough so that his daughter is old enough so that they can do the whole, like, he doesn't know it's her, and she yeah, doesn't know yeah, it's yeah. him, and <clears throat> things happen. Yes. Oh, things. no. <laughs> oh, no. Stuff and things. Me, yeah. myself, and my dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That's what they should have called that movie. <laughs> well, that's our first Beverly Cleary reference. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> I don't think we've even brought up, like, you know, Ralph and the Motorcycle. Uh, I don't think so. Ramona oh, I used Jesus. to love me some Ralph S. Mouse, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>